0: Doer The following episode of Humble and Fred is brought to you by GigSky The Retirement Sherpa The Chambers Plant Bodog Health Gauge Canna Cabana Doer And our newest sponsor GoDaddy Powering small business and entrepreneurs for over 25 years And serving over 20 million customers worldwide And now, here are two men who have a combined 80 years of broadcast experience and are still trying to figure it out. It's Hubble and Fred.
1: I'm trying to figure out how I want to wear my headphones today. I've been wearing them differently every day. I like what you're doing. you got your inner ear stuff going on there. It's cool. You're cool. Oh, yeah. I'd never go back from this. Really? I don't even know you're wearing them. Yeah. The only reason I keep these is uh, when I have to hear music and uh, underneath voice. Yeah. Uh, For the most part, though, welcome, everyone. This is the uh, beginning of the hypocrisy tour. Uh, I'm sorry. The last day before the hypocrisy tour. Hypocrisy, hypocrisy. Hip. Hip. Mm
2: -hmm.
1: Hypocrisy. Mm -hmm. Before the hypocrisy tour. (laughs) You said that the other day. We were talking about how much... Mm-hmm. You know, shit talk we've been giving the states the last couple of years especially. Mm-hmm. And I even think at one point I might have said, I don't know if I'm ever going to go down there again. Right. <laughs> you know, but you know what? What is it? The convenience of it? Uh,
3: well, before, well, you were considering this actual trip you're taking. You said to me a few times, oh, do I look like a hypocrite? Should I, should I go? <laughs> yeah and i said do you screw it don't let a bunch of dumb americans and donald trump ruin your fun go down use that country use it for all it's worth use it yeah i mean you know i
1: mean california is like different than america i mean florida that's hypocrisy if you're going now now we're (laughs) now we're getting regional (laughs) that's right if you're going to florida Mm -hmm. that's the height of hypocrisy that's where the beast lives, the orange beast. Are you going to go to mar Largo and say hi to your boy Trump? Yeah. No. Uh, Jackie hey. Delaney joins us today. She worked with us, me. We had this discussion the other day. I, I worked with her more than you did because I was in that building a couple extra times. Jackie is an interesting woman. She worked in talk radio and then she went to work for the government. Now she works for the Senate. And she worked for Andrew Scheer for a while. She'll definitely have some things to say about the fact that a bunch of elites inside the progressive conservatives got together and secretly voted out their leader.
3: (laughs) Yeah, I'll tell you, conservatism, as we know it, I think is done in Canada. I, 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 uh, I whipped off an email to Tony Clement last night. And got a uh, a rep- uh, pretty quick reply. What was your email? Uh, well, I was just saying, are you going to run? I hope so. Because if this party, you know, is handed over to these whack jobs, these, you know, pretty far right, whatever they are, um, they're done. You know, because guys like me who have traditionally voted conservative, I won't go near it. Sorry, I'm just not. You know, Aaron O'Toole, I mean, I wasn't a big fan of him, but... He loses his job. The biggest criticism is he was sympathetic to the LGBTQ um, community. He didn't oppose abortion, (laughs) you know, and a couple of other sort of, you know, 21st century issues that some in that party want to take the part to take it back to the 1950s. You know? Yeah. okay. Um,
1: But wasn't there. So, like, 100,000 conservatives voted him as leader, and 35 of them were able to take him out. Isn't that how it went yesterday? I just read, listen, I don't know this. I'm just asking out loud. Maybe you don't even know it. But well, wasn't, no, there like a secret, the is- wasn't there, like, a secret vote behind the scenes that somehow or another ousted him?
3: Yeah, and he lost at, like, 75 to 40 or something like that. Enough people voted to have him removed. uh have him removed so what was tony's response um just uh let me call it up here i you know i just said that you know oh you know he he didn't condemn abortion he was sympathetic to the gay community you know um and to me the fact that he's out those are some of the reasons he ousted is a bit creepy you know, and I said I like Stephen Harper, and, uh, you know, you take criticisms criticism for that, but I could always defend Stephen Harper. You can't defend this crap. Anyway, um, Tony gets back, and he says, Fred, I'm beyond upset and frustrated, too. The whole thing is so stupid and pointless. And he signs it the Honorable uh, Tony Clement. Yeah. So he's frustrated, too. He can see where it's going. I... I
1: well, where are they are going to lose people? Okay, because you're, well, you say you're, you're traditionally a conservative voter. You know, I would say oh, I in our, I know you are. Mm-hmm. But, you know, since turning, like I'm going to say in the last 30 years of my life, I've probably voted conservative federally mm-hmm. more than I haven't. But where, so, because I can sort of see a little bit of, you know, and I've said this you know i'm conservative when it comes to fiscal matters and i'm liberal yeah. when it comes to human beings which is kind of what mm-hmm. you are what yeah. where they're going to lose is people like me if they lose you they're definitely losing me oh. well, and they're then they're them. in real trouble because if they can't get a guy like me who occasionally cuz i i voted for harper i'll say it i didn't vote for whoever ran against uh the kid
3: um Andrew Scheer. Yeah. Well, you know, I have this thing where I'm willing to give people a chance, you know, because, again, with the media attacks from both sides, all sides on parties. I mean, sometimes you got to cut through the shit, make a decision and, um, you know, hope for the best. And the thing, and I'm not huge on Aaron O'Toole, but they're mad at the guy because he took control, looked at the landscape and thought, you know, I got to bring this party a little more into the center or we have no chance. Uh,
1: where do you get that from, though? Like, is that a, a, is that a common knowledge that he that's yeah. why they ousted him? Because he was yes. too he wasn't yes. conservative enough and he wasn't <clears throat> serving the
3: fringes of that base. Yes, that's exactly it. Well, that's too bad. And look at it this way. Another thing about Aaron O'Toole, so he becomes the leader not long. He's hardly in the job any length of time, and they call an election. Okay, so (laughs) he prevents prevents a Trudeau liberal um, majority, didn't happen, and won the popular vote. Now, I know the popular vote in Canada is pretty fragmented. and doesn't mean as much as it does in the states where there's only two parties, but more people voted conservative than any other party in the last election. It's just the way the seats fell that Trudeau mm-hmm. hung on to a minority. So I'm thinking, man. Uh,
1: so not bad, given that certain yeah. given those circumstances. Yeah. <clears throat> not bad. I don't know much yeah. about the guy, but he ain't the uh, leader anymore. And it will be interesting. We continue this conversation with Jackie Delaney.
3: Mm hmm. Who has a different name. Well, maybe she's married. That's her married name. I don't know.
1: Yeah. Her, her new name. I shouldn't say new name. Her her name that she tweets under, and maybe that is her. She tweeted uh, Jackie Budden. Yeah. Anyway, Jackie will be here. She's got some insight. She'll be able to talk all sorts of conservative politics.
3: Yeah. So, again, quickly, that was all the interviews I heard yesterday. It was, you know, Mr. O'Toole sort of betrayed us because, you know, he left uh, abandon our values that we thought we chose him as leader. And, um, yeah, moved to was to center.
1: Well, I mean, the funny thing about this country, and I was thinking about it this morning, is that we're even the most. Well, not the most conservative, because we've seen recently there are some pretty fringy elements of this party upside down flags and nazi symbols but for the most part we're so much more liberal even our conservatives versus you know the political right Mm -hmm. in the states and other places but i'll just say here in canada you can be conservative at times i am and still be more social leaning than in most parts of the
3: world yeah, honestly, I was Stephen Harper conservative. He was just logical to me, and I thought he was compassionate when he needed to be, and he reeled in the yahoos. You know, I, I've said it before, and I look at it this, you know, in Canada, well, even in the United States, the people on the far left tend to be um, naive, but they're harmless. They only want the best for people. Yeah. People on the far right t- tend to be nasty and evil. So, fuck, that's that's enough for me to, you know, make decisions.
1: Yeah Okay um, Speaking of uh, emails We gotta clean up a few Before we uh, leave guys. town For the hypocrisy Hi guys. tour Hi guys. Of America Hi
4: guys.
1: Um, I, I don't have the uh, Let's start with uh, da, 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 The um, This is from Gord He says hey guys first thanks very much For the love pants This was the winner of our doer love pants contest Which is by the way still going on And, you know, by now, if you enter the word uh, just love pants anywhere on our Facebook page, then we're going to give you uh, a chance at some pants. Secondly, Fred was confused, he says, about why Biden would announce the gender and race of his pick before the announcements. Biden made this proclamation during the primary. Yes, he did. And used it to gain momentum with the black constituency when he was the underdog. Many view this as a key factor in securing the nomination. Uh, Then he goes on to talk about some precedents for this. But anyway, thanks, Gord. Says, uh, enjoy your time amongst the crazies in America.
3: (laughs) Um, Uh, No, that that makes sense. That's a good point. I didn't think of that yesterday. It was an election promise. Yeah. On the surface, I thought, why leave yourself open now? Just shut up until you present the person and then let the... The shit fly. But uh, yeah. no, that makes sense. Uh, you know, it, it was a strategic move based on uh, an election promise. All good. Yeah.
1: Well, there's that. And as far as living amongst the crazies in America, mm-hmm. I think we've already addressed that. I'm looking forward to uh, many things about this trip. A funny thing how most of my people are oh, forward to going golfing. And uh, for me, only part of it is golfing. Like I think I'm at it's a funny thing about being this age. I'm at the age where I just I don't think I handle the cold like I used to. Do you know what I mean? Like it's and I think that's a I, I used to wonder about my mom and dad's friends, and maybe your mom and dad, they just at some point in your sixties, you just become fatigued of fighting for warmth. And I guess that's yeah. why people end up going away for couple of months and then three or four months and Mm
3: -hmm. sure
1: but only part of it for me is golf I mean I yeah I'm looking forward to golfing and that'll be great but a lot of it is just you know in a couple days not being sort of cold
3: sure those people that go for several months you know like Sherps like all of this none of this is part of his life yeah (laughs) it's nice and even where i'm going the northern part of florida it's cuz the only place i could really get a decent place to stay it's so hot down there this winter people not wanting to go on cruise ships as i've explained yeah other it's thing.
1: it's not it can't
3: just be cruise ships it's got to be <laughs> and people don't want to leave the mainland that's right people don't want to get out of stuff yeah and uh what was the point oh and where i'm going it'll be between maybe 16 and 20 the first week or so and i'm thinking boy you know that's not very warm but that's about mm, 26 degrees warmer than it is here yeah on average you know what i mean over the next week, and so we're looking at like minus 9, minus 10 and stuff like that. So if you're 16, that's like a 26-degree swing. Yeah, the weather. So will... I, I, I'm not leaving winter to summer. I'm leaving winter to spring, and that's fine with me.
1: Yeah, I mean, you're, you're leaving winter to not winter, basically. Where I'm going, yeah. the, I, don't, it's, it's, I don't want to make people sick, but the weather is just pristine every day. I've only been in this place once. Well, one and a bit of a time. I spent one day in Palm Springs on the way home from my, you know, heart scare in Phoenix. But I can tell you, having spent five days here five years ago or in, in Palm Springs, the weather is relentless. And I like the fact that it, in the evenings it starts to cool down as soon as the sun goes behind the, the mountains in the desert. It's, right. You know, it's desert. It's cold. Uh, anyway, thank you very much for that email. Here's Hi another guys. one.
4: Hi, Hi, guys. Guys. Hi, guys. Hi, guys. Hi, guys.
1: Beer, you got the next oh, one there, pal.
3: I'm sorry. No, okay. I, I thought you were gonna read it. No, I okay. read. The, I
1: just read that one before.
3: <clears throat> okay, I'm sorry. I had to click back here because I was at, on Tony. Oh, click, uh, gents. Uh, one hundred percenter for the last five years. Double vax, and I would get a third if I had to. Uh, We were, uh, he said, we are all in this together is bullshit. These are, uh, there are those that are and those that aren't uh, financially affected by this. I was one that was hit hard at the beginning, but I rebounded nicely. At the end of the day, it is no one's business who is and who isn't vaxxed, government included. I support anyone who chooses not to disclose their vax status. Anyone losing their job because of this uh, should be a crime. Good day, gentlemen. I wait with bated breath for every episode. That's Christopher Humphrey. Thank you, Christopher.
1: Well, before you tell us of your response, first of all, you missed an email, which is the one after from Tom. But we'll get to Tom. Tom, get, I, the reason I put Tom's back in there because he got missed a couple times. Okay. Also, uh, I love that phrase, waiting for, waiting with bated breath. That means somebody okay. is literally holding their breath mm-hmm. waiting for one of our silly episodes to drop right and Chris Humphrey, thank you for that um mm-hmm. well you you responded to him i I basically just wrote him back saying, "Yeah, whatever Fred said, because there's a <laughs> lot in there <laughs> well because you basically you basically uh made all the points that I would make right but uh When he says things like at the end of the day, it's no one's business who isn't who and isn't backs. Well, I I, I disagree. It is there. It is business. (laughs) And, you know, if I have a business, like, as you said, if we had people coming into this studio still, (laughs) it would be our business who (laughs) isn't isn't backs because you're entering our space, our domain of uh, health.
3: Yeah, like, (laughs) you know, that's the problem with all of that, which seems so basic and logical to us isn't for somebody else and i don't think there's any meeting in the middle i'm never going to you're never going to you know convince christopher otherwise i don't think but it's right if we if we were still in the studio yeah we would insist in knowing the status of anyone who walks through the door we just would hey are you vax this is where we work it's our space it's our business and again nobody has to lose their job over it You either get vaxxed or you seek an exemption. People are forgetting that. You can seek an exemption. You know, you can get one for having needle phobia, for Christ's sake. So bullshit.
1: I would be embarrassed. I
3: I, I realize that, and a lot of people (laughs) probably don't. A lot of people hide behind that, and then it becomes political. Well, political doesn't, doesn't, uh, you know, it doesn't fly with exemptions. So... Yeah, so, you know, Christopher Humphrey, we really appreciate him being a 100 percenter, but we disagree. So let's agree to uh, disagree. And And here's a guy that's been, he's been vaxxed, not boosted, and he goes to work every day and doesn't give a shit about the people that are around him. Well, that's great. I mean,
1: that being said. You know, if we needed an electrician, we would certainly call Chris Humphrey, Master (laughs) Electrician. (laughs) You know, we're so self, we're so righteous until it's like, you know, I might need an electrician. Uh I want to piss Chris off. Yeah. That being said, though, when he says we're all in this together is bullshit. There are those that are and those that aren't financially affected by this. Mm. Well, I also don't agree with that. Because I think we've all, even if you're well off and uh, there's, uh, let me put it this way. Let me back up. There's only a very few that haven't been affected by this in some way, shape or form. Now, maybe you and I personally haven't been, but our family has, our children have, your grandkids have been affected by it, whether it's financial or not. We've all been affected by it.
3: Listen, and everybody talks, you know, says, when are these mandates going to end? When are the restrictions going to end? Well, we know the answer to that uh, when the virus dies down or is in a, a position where we can. You know what is going to uh, last a lot longer than COVID ever did? The mental problems that's been created because of it oh, are going sure. to y- go on for years. Yep. So... Uh, Again, it's just complex. Uh, You know, people dig their heels in, and uh, that's the deal. I mean, it's hard to get your head around what some people think, but that's what makes the world go around.
1: And, And I want to make this point. I know we've made it a bunch of times, but the point is this. We think it sucks, too. I think it sucks. I mean, I'm just getting ready to go away. I've got to get... Vax I gotta go get a test I got a bunch Of these things to figure out on the way home I've got To find where's that test it Sucks it all sucks Don't think Mm -hmm. we don't think that it's Not a drag man I don't know what it is about us But we're just like hey why don't we all Just try and figure it out get Vaccinated let's not go into places Where people are unvaccinated they Don't have to go in there but it sucks
4: But
3: but, by the Way I
1: just want to finish by saying knowing that How you deal with it is everything.
3: Yes. No, I agree. You know, I heard a story the other day, someone that I know, not, you know, just someone that I'm familiar with, you know, was in Ottawa on the weekend and putting all sorts of stuff on their Instagram, which I didn't see, proud of being there. The same person was seen in Georgetown by someone I know in a grocery store without a mask on. Oh, come on. Oh, absolutely. Oh, he stop into, it. He, he marches into stores without masks on, I guess, you know, hoping that he'll be questions or confronted on it. Now, the next time I see this guy, I'm sorry. I've I, I no use for you.
1: I, How I, well I do you know this person? Do I know him? No, you okay. don't.
3: No, I, he did some work for me, and uh, I just, I know right. you don't know him. Um, but the next time he, he's around, it's going to be, like, weird. I'd say. You know, and, and you have to bite your tongue because you don't want to say anything because it might affect people that know him that you love and stuff like that. But he never, he better never bring it up in front of me.
1: Hmm. We have one more email, cause I, and I just want to get to it because it's Tom, and he's a great guy from uh, Japan. But before I do, I'll just say this. We all have a, a decision on in every instance of our lives on how we're going to respond or react to something. Mm-hmm. And you and I didn't have a conference 23 or 4 months ago. Hey, this is what we think of this. Let's be unified. It's just, you know, why we're friends and why we've worked together is we would sort of you can sort of imagine we would align on most of these issues like i said mm-hmm. yesterday or day before it would have been weird if i was an anti-vaxxer and you weren't mm-hmm. but oh, yeah. my point is we all think this sucks it's just that not all of us are reacting to it the way mm-hmm. that some people are they mm-hmm. think it sucks too but they think somehow they got jobbed You know what I mean? They got gypped out of their lives. Fuck, so what? We all did.
3: Yes, and what's come out of this is we see the flaws in the Ontario healthcare system, the capacities. There's a big problem. Hopefully that will be fixed because all these people that think the restrictions shouldn't be in place, I think even this last wave, I thought restaurants should not have been closed. I mean, there's so many different levels to this. But these anti-vaxxers and anti-lockdown people, they like don't you not are you not aware of the hospital situation we're just doing it to pro- protect the hospitals and that sucks too we shouldn't be in this position but that's why we're doing it see i think
1: there's a and I don't know a lot of people on the other side of this issue. I think they think we love mandates and that we love. They do. Oh, they they must because because they are anti. They must think we're pro. I'm mm-hmm. pro getting this shit behind us. And if that means I need to get vaccinated three times and then every year after that, fine. Good. Yeah. Good for us Same here. But it's not like I'm every like this lockdown, this lockdown this past one that just got lifted, I also thought it was maybe a little bit much. But then I'm not in charge, never have been, and never will be. I'm barely in charge of my own day to day. You know what I mean? But that's the mis- The thing is, we aren't loving this. We're just
3: putting up with it without being dicks about it. Mm-hmm. You know, and it's a cultural. And you know, you know, Ontario's a, a liberal province, and you know our sensibilities and our culture for looking at these issues is different than other jurisdictions, and that's the position Rob F- or, uh, Doug Ford found himself in. Yeah. You know, again, you talk to the guy in private, he'd probably say, yeah, this is bullshit, I didn't want to do this and everything, but you don't talk to a scientist and the science table and they give you this information and fly in the face of it, because it'll kill you politically if anything goes south. And it could, it could have, yeah, it did. You
1: know, it did, uh, you know, and that's the thing is that It's hard to exist in this world anymore without everything being politicized. And this person that Mm -hmm. you know that makes a big stink about going into places without his mask on. You know, I'm glad I'm not a 40-year-old going through this now. Because as a 40-year-old, I might have confronted some of these idiots that I see. I told you, I was in the Mm -hmm. gas station last week and two grown men came in. Neither of them have masks on. But I'm an old, frail man now. But part of me is thinking, you fucking dicks. I mean, they're putting these young women that work there in this weird position. They're just there working the kiosk at the Circle K. What are they supposed to enforce mask mandates? Just be a grown up.
3: Yes. Just have a little common courtesy. You know, and that's what I said to Christopher. It's, you know, it's. To make someone aware of your status is just common, uh, uh, common courtesy because, that you know, these are special times, special measures. I don't know how many times we've said that. It is. It's almost like war measures. This is unprecedented. So we've got to pull together. And, yes, we're all in this together. Because if we're not, then we're really fucked, aren't we?
1: Well, here's the thing rather than say we're all in this together maybe we should say the majority of us are in this together the rest of you are, are are in some kind of narrative that i can't really relate to because if i was listen i think the best point you made in that email and that's why i just wrote him back and said yeah whatever fred said is i own this building you and i own this mm-hmm. business together And every single person that came through this door, I have the right. You have the right to know their status. And if they don't want to tell us, that's cool. You have the right to not tell us, but you're not coming through these doors. No way. That's my right to protect the people around me, including myself. Mm -hmm. You know, when you come in here wanting to lick eyeballs and shit, I don't have time for that. Mm-hmm. Uh, quickly, let's get guys, to uh, Tom, and then we'll start the rest of the show. We got lots of stuff. Uh, Tom from Kobe, Kobe, Kobe Japan, Hundy P. Uh, he says he heard the uh, 2020 movie reviews the other day. This is a few uh, weeks ago. Uh, he tells the uh, he tells me that the Ken Burns Ali documentary wasn't mentioned, but we have talked about it. He says, in my humble opinion, it's it's so good it almost seems like you're watching a scripted movie. And I've tried; it's not. Um, It's on Apple TV, I think. I actually stood up. Tom says, I actually stood up and cheered when Ali knocked down Foreman and Zaire in the documentary. And I fully knew it was coming. That's how good this is. Thanks again and keep up the good work. And I'm going to tell you, that's one of the things I'm going to look for when I'm away. The place I'm going to might have Apple TV. I think it's on Apple TV. Anyway. I, I'm such an League fan, and I, I know it'll be lots of great footage. And the thing about Ken Burns' documentaries, you know, it doesn't leave a lot of stuff, you know, untold. So,
3: mm-hmm. Oh, Kenny, he's good, eh? Kenny? He's good. He can,
1: do, he can do a nice documentary.
3: Kenny can get her done.
1: Yeah. All right. Well, listen, thank you to everyone that's, uh, you know, been emailing us. Appreciate it. Humble and Fred at humbleandfredradio.com. In the meantime, let's talk about these folks.
3: Hey, whether you're a sports bettor, a horse racing fan, a poker casino player, Bodog, your number one source of online gambling entertainment. Yes, they've got it all. They've been providing Canadian players with an unparalleled gaming experience since 1994. Let's look tonight. The Raptors and the Chicago Bulls. The Raptors. Hey, a three-point pick. Yes. All right. Uh, the Bulls pay $110 to win. Bodog. All right. Bowdog casinos, race book, uh, you know, industry leading odds, world class, uh, all the way. Bowdog is the place to go.
1: I want to talk a little bit about our friends at Canna Cabana. I have some interesting information about the legal market here in Canada. And how it's changed And I'll tell you about that In the second First of Cabana, Of course Your one stop Cannabis shop They say that Because they have The largest selection Of cannabis brands And accessories You'll find everything You need To get a little Island time You know Dried flowers Vapes Edibles Concentrates Bongs Bongs Dab rigs And more And when they say more I mean everything You know You need a screen For your pipe It's there The Largix Largix Largest selection of name brand accessories, all at 70% off. Join the Canna Cabana Club. Do it! Unbeatable prices for members up to 70% off, updates on new drops and restocks, and access to sweet giveaways. Canna Cabana. Go check it out. Um, I'm hesitating here because I saw this really cool article about how. About how uh, legalization has changed the uh, landscape here. And of course now I can't find it. Isn't that great? You know, I do all this uh, pre-show, you know, nonsense. Anyway. Uh, so we're going to talk to Jackie. Dan Duran will be here. Tim uh, Daniels will be checking in from Florence.
3: Right on. Yes. Florence. Oh, here we go. Uh,
1: This is the article. um, According to a new uh, Deloitte report, despite layoffs and losses for the country's biggest cannabis companies, Canada's legal pot industry has contributed $43.5 billion to the economy between legalization in 18 and 21. Um, The Ontario Cannabis Store, this is what I wanted to get. The Ontario Cannabis Store said that 54% of the pot purchases made between July and September of 2021 were linked to legal retailers, which is the first time that legal cannabis channels have overtaken those made through illicit markets. So that is uh, something that has definitely impacted our country. I think about it all those years of people selling and buying pot and pot stuff. And all, and all the taxes that could have been raised, and at the same time, not sending small-time pot users to jail. Think about the win. It's a, you know what it is, Freddie? You know it. it is. It's a win-win. I don't have to tell you. You know what it is.
3: Sitting you know, there even, pretending. Even in my area, some of the stores, the shops that have popped up, one thing, they all look neat. They all look classy. They yeah. all look clean. That's the upside of this structure. It's like, You don't open up a shop unless it looks top notch.
1: Well, yes, you're right. It's
3: almost like a nice doctor's office or
1: something. Oh, no, for sure. And and here's the thing I've been in, I'll say, dozens of dispensaries and cannabis stores. And I'm not just saying this because they're our client, but Canna Cabana really does stand out. And I'm surrounded here on the Sketchway by cannabis stores. There's probably 10 between here and. You know, parklon. And and yet when I can I'll step into a can of cabana, which is near Rachel's place, because they just have a different yeah. vibe. But you're right. Yeah. They mm-hmm. all are very well kept. And mm-hmm. the people who work there all seem to know what they're doing and it's kind of a yeah. different vibe, you know.
3: hmm Yeah, so far so good as I think uh uh we can say, we can put it that way. Hundred and fifty
1: one thousand so so new jobs. Mm-hmm yep so there you go yep um yep i don't want to say what else is going on because there's lots of else going on but i just you know sometimes it's like should we maybe talk about something other than the lockdowns and pandemic i got some what do you got i got an interesting story about a guy that should stop getting people pregnant what is your interest's
3: uh, I had a story here, I, th- actually, from yesterday. It was a follow-up to something you said. We were discussing the worth of the Toronto Blue Jays and Toronto Maple Leafs and Toronto Raptors, and you were surprised, or well, I'm, I think
1: the Raptors were one point eight, the Le- uh, Blue Jays were one point four five, and the and the Leafs were one point four ish.
3: Yeah, and I said it was geared to the league uh, that yes. you play in. Obviously, the health. Well. The Denver Broncos have been put up for sale, and they are going to smash a North American uh, a price. Uh, okay. They're just going to uh, The North obliterate. American
1: price for any franchise or an NFL any franchise? Any franchise
3: ever. I think the current one is an NBA franchise. I think the New Jersey Nets are, or excuse me, the Brooklyn Nets now uh, sold for like $2.4 billion. Anyway, the Broncos will go, they think, for $4 billion. And this is the Broncos. This isn't even the Dallas Cowboys. I was
1: going to say, I don't, if the Broncos yeah. are $4 billion, what are teams yeah. like New England and mm-hmm. uh, Tampa Bay? and?
3: Mm-hmm. Yeah, so just, and that gives you, you know, and the NFL is the healthiest league. It's the most uh, lucrative, productive league sure. in, Nor- in North American sports. Fig- imagine that. Uh, they play once a week. You know, as opposed to the other uh, franchises that play two and three times a week. Right. So the I NFL plays
1: a total of, what, 18, 19 games if you if you go to the playoffs, yeah. including
3: preseason, yeah. maybe 20? And the NBA plays 82, baseball 162. But anyway, uh, yeah, so uh, the Denver Broncos, I just thought I'd throw that out there as an indication of where we're at with uh, the worth of sports franchises, uh, how that will dwarf other sports and especially dwarf the Toronto teams. Can I say dwarf?
1: No, you have to say little people. The Toronto teams. Come oh, on, man. All right. Do you want? Well, I wasn't going to bring this up, but you, since you brought up a, a sports money story, I have one, of course, from the world of golf. You may be aware that there's a Saudi-backed super league. I'm not sure if this story has permeated your interest in this stuff, but some guys listening might have heard the PGA Tour has been fighting this upstart. League backed by the Saudis, basically, that would sort of not replace the PGA Tour or the European Tour, but it would be a third tour with just unlimited amounts of money that they're throwing at superstar players. So far, nobody has, you know, taken the bite, but there's being they're throwing around numbers that are just phenomenal there's a guy who plays on the European tour and partly in the States as well, named Ian Poulter. Would you have ever heard of that guy? Yep. Okay. Yep. Played in the Ryder Cup, but not really mm-hmm. in the upper echelon. The rumor yeah. is that he was offered thirty million dollars cash to go and be part of this new golf league. And the reason I say bring that up is because of your you're talking about numbers. If he's thirty million, a guy like you know, uh, Wayne Gretzky's son-in-law, uh, DJ, he'd be like $100 million. A guy like Bryson DeChambeau would be $200 million. These guys have so much money that eventually they're going to be able to buy a couple of the biggest names in golf to go play in this new tour they're starting. What's the incentive to win, then? Well, that's part of the thing that's really... The, the only thing the PGA Tour has is if you're a player... You want to see you want your legacy to be against the legacy of the greats. If you go yeah. play on some upstart tour and, you know, that's doing tournaments around the world, well how do you compare your career to Tigers or Jacks or anybody? You're just it's like it's like if you played in the WHA and had a bunch of goals but that doesn't count against your NHL stats. You know what I mean?
3: Yeah. No. That's a good comparison because back in the day that was the problem. Players jumped to the WHA, and you know it was a lesser league, and stats didn't count, and yeah, uh, and you know how when you're talking, listen, guys jumped to the WHA because instead of making sixty thousand in the NHL, they'd make one hundred and ten thousand in the WHA. Select players like Bobby Hall, the big. As we've talked about before, the big contract was five years, a million dollars, two hundred thousand dollars a year, which probably doubled the highest paid player in the NHL at the time that you can understand nowadays. It's like, boy, how much money do you really need? Because these guys are making millions. Exactly. You know, but but I
1: will say this. There was an article I read just before you came on the Zoom chat this morning. It's in Golf Digest today. Phil Mickelson, one of the biggest names in that sport, talking about how dissatisfied he has been with the way the PGA Tour has treated their star players. And I I read it thinking, this is interesting, because he is really one. I mean, yeah, he's at the end of his career. But if he starts, because he's already got all the legacy he needs. He's got his majors. He's got all his tournament wins. From what aspect How are, are they being mistreated? Like, it's it's complicated but they, they, where they're being mistreated is the players don't own the rights to their images so whenever it's it's a long I know I can't it's, it's, just know this that there's a lot of stuff going on behind the scenes in that world that might make this new tour viable the only thing is a lot of players don't want to be part of it because of the Saudis reputation with you know you know things like human rights and you know little things like that yeah um, let's talk to our friend Jackie I don't know. Does Jack, would, would, would Jackie Delaney expect us to be more or less professional after all these years? I'm going to think, I'm going to, th- I'll say this, know. Jackie, she'll be surprised at how professional we've become. Oh, come on, Howard. Our geeks Sky <laughs>
3: guest of the day. <laughs> yes, will be that's impressed right. With that. I sure. She will think so. Mm. Well, we'll
1: find out in a second. Jackie Delaney is uh, just getting ready there in the uh, zoom waiting room. Jackie, you going to turn your camera on? you going to turn your mic on.
0: Uh,
5: okay there, there we, we
1: go,
5: go. <laughs> didn't realize it was being live streamed it's yeah, too I, late to go get
1: camera no ready. you don't <laughs> need to well, look at us are we camera friendly no
5: of course you are you're always camera friendly <laughs> oh please what you is know, with my giant shoulders like i'm, I'm not a real i have not turned into a linebacker in the time since i've left radio i can assure you
1: well, you look great. You know, look at, look, you. at who, look at who you're with. Look at the old <laughs> men of radio. Look how old we've become.
5: Oh, my God. When did we used to work together? How long ago? Oh, was that?
1: Well, I was trying to remember that with Fred because I had worked. Fred left the building in 2005. I was there in 2006. But I came back into that building in 2008. And I think that's when you and I, I was working at Easy Rock with Rick Hodge and Colleen and Kim and about eight other people in the studio, and I think that's when you were at News Talk Ten Ten. No,
5: we, be, that was News Talk Ten Ten. But we had worked together before that when you guys had your show on that other AM station. Oh, on
1: Mojo? On Mojo?
5: Yes, yes oh. down at the at the Eaton Center Studio. Right. I was working for the FM station. I'm not allowed to discuss it, but <laughs> which one?
1: Q. In Q. Yes. What were you doing at Q?
5: I'm 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 not legally allowed to. Do that. Oh, Dude, that can. was 15 it's years, years ago. ago. This is a podcast. No, I was working. I was working with Derringer. Oh, okay, oh, okay. All okay, yeah, oh, yeah.
3: right, and there right. was some dirty some Voldemort. Stories, oh,
5: yeah. oh, oh.
1: Yeah. or as we call him, right. Voldemort.
3: I forgot about that. <laughs> you actually started in sports radio. Weren't you a C J C L CJCL or the Fan or whatever it was back? Yeah, at the I started
5: it. At- Absolutely. I started at the Fan, at the that Fan 590.
3: That may have been when I first met you. But anyway, it doesn't matter. We know each other. And, yeah, Jackie, uh, yeah. I'd forgotten
1: that uh, weird period there with... Uh, I know, yeah, where
5: I had to come and do the news with you guys. That's right. And, yeah, right. Anyway, I remember yeah, that. I didn't forget it. It you was know, fun times. I, I also
1: okay. apologize. Uh, again, I don't know what level of professionalism you expected, but I think what you should know is you're on Canada's most uploaded podcast i know you know that we've been doing this for a while but nobody in this country is has has created more episodes of a podcast than me and uh, old freddie there so just so you just so you know this is a professional outfit now um okay what is your last name it's budden or budden
5: uh budden so every most people know me as delaney i went back to budden i still go by delaney uh, but i went back to budden on my twitter handle Last year after my or I guess almost two years ago now after my dad passed away. My dad passed away at the beginning of COVID, not from COVID, but uh, he passed away at the beginning of COVID. We were not able to go see him in hospital. We were not able to attend his funeral. Um, He passed away in New Brunswick. So I think it's very it's very difficult to lose a parent Uh, to lose a parent under those circumstances was just unimaginable, yeah. Um, and I just, you know, I just felt like I wanted to do something, so I went back to my my name. And uh, oh, that's a tribute, yeah.
1: Well, Jackie, that's yeah. that's very sweet. And again, on these are such unusual times. Let's, you know, let's just get back to the when I remember you and I were having a discussion. And again, I apologize. I'm not sure of the timeline because I used to drink a lot. Um, but anyway. <laughs> There was a time you were talking to me we were t- discussing a morning show you were going to go and do. Remember you you, you we, we were discussing and doing a morning show either you, you you were asking me for advice. Anyway, my point is at one point you were still talking to me and others about radio and then the next thing I know you leave the business and you go into communications which is not completely unusual for radio people, but you really did make a second or third career out of it, which I congratulate you for. But just give us some of the, the timeline around when all this happened, how it happened, and how you came to be working for the Blue Menace. That is the... I'm just, <laughs> the I'm just,
5: kidding. just kidding. I know, I love that. I think I'm going to use that. Um, uh, honestly, I mean, I kind of had no choice. Uh, I was out of work. Uh, it had been for over a year, and it was the second time in my career that I had had an extended absence, uh, an extended unemployment. And I got to tell you, it freaked me out. And I just thought, you know what? I need something more secure than this. So I went into politics. <laughs> no. <laughs> if there's anything that's as insecure as radio, it's politics. But really? um, I, somebody else who you might know from radio um, – had called me and said, uh, you know what, I'm sorry, I'm not going to mention his name, because I can't remember his last name now. That's terrible. But anyways, he called me, he was Tim Hudak's driver. And he said, they're looking for a regional press secretary. I went, I interviewed for the job. And I thought, okay, I can do this, because it's regional press secretary. I can learn under the press secretary, I won't be too overwhelmed. This is great. The first day I go in, the person who hired me says, "Well, today's a big day. We have, um, you know, a couple of other people starting." And I said, "Why? Who else is starting?" He said, "Oh, well, the regional press te- secretary." And I said, "Well, I'm I'm the regional press secretary." And he goes, "No, no, you're the press secretary." And I was like, "I'm the what now?"
6: <laughs> so mm. I,
5: I'm like, I'm, "I'm not sure." But look, long story short, um, I started as Tim's press secretary. It was very overwhelming. It's, um, you do, you know, you do use your skills that you use from being in the media, sure, but it's it's a whole other uh, skill set and and instinct and, and gut knowledge. Um, after that, we lost the election. I saw a job posting for the Senate, uh, the conservative leader in the Senate. Applied for that job, got it. And through that, met my current boss, who's a conservative senator. He was the... Um, acting speaker at the time and then became speaker went to work for him and have been with him ever since and love it love it oh my god i love it i never thought i could love something as much as radio and i love it
3: okay but did weren't you involved with the andrew sheer campaign too is that all part of it or well strictly? you know it's
5: it's so funny right i have these moments in my career where i go do something for five weeks okay <laughs> and then i right. come back i went to work for andrew Shear. Uh, it was a year out from the election. I, I took a secondment. My, I was never intending to work there long time. Um, it was to get us up to and through the election. Okay. Um, at that time, I had a health scare and was told that I should not be in a stressful situation. <laughs> and I mm-hmm.
1: thought,
5: ah, mm-hmm. oh, hello, <laughs> leading up to an election. Hmm. Yes. I'll just do the campaign
1: and then I'll take it easy.
3: <laughs>
5: <laughs> yeah. So I went back to, uh, to the, my current
3: job. How, how does this work when Like it was Tim Hudak who's a conservative uh, An Ontario conservative When you're interested in a job like that Does partisan politics come into it? Would you have taken a similar job with the liberal or the NDP? Or when you're in a job like that Do you have to be sort of convicted to The party, the
5: Yeah, the idealism, uh, right? Um, the
3: idealism, yes this is what I'm trying to say, yes
5: when I was hired by Tim Hudak, I didn't have a membership with the party. When I was mm-hmm. hired um, in my current job, I didn't have a membership with the party. Both times, I since took out memberships. Um Would I personally have taken a job with the Liberals? I highly doubt it just because um, it doesn't align with with what I believe in. So nobody said to me when they hired me, are you conservative? They certainly had seen me on Sun News Network and and knew – You know, kind of that my where I was coming from aligned with them. And I think that's the biggest thing when you when you take a job like this is does it align? Doesn't mean that you agree with everything. I still don't agree with everything that the conservative party does or the PC party Mm -hmm. does. Mm -hmm. But I agree with them more than I agree with the liberals. I agree with them more than I agree with the NDP. And I think that's that's the biggest thing. Um, it is, you are a political staffer. You're not a ministerial staffer or a government staffer. You're a political staffer. So you know mm. that going in. So, yeah, when people try to say, oh, I'm not a, you know, somebody in the media says I'm not a liberal, and then they end up working for a liberal, you're a liberal. Yeah, You're a um, liberal. I'm a yeah, conservative.
1: Speaking of working in the media, and, you know, you and I and Fred have been around, you know, not only celebrities, but... Celebrated Canadian politicians. I've had. A, we both have had all had an inter, a chance to interview people. But what is it actually like when you go from covering something to being part of it? Do you is it surprising as a journalist? somebody uh, you know a media person are you Are do you get in there and go oh so this is how
5: all this stuff works <laughs> yes all of that all of that so first of all it's very overwhelming uh because they speak a com- entirely different language um politicians and political staffers love to use acronyms so i remember when i first started working for tim hudak and and finally after about four days I texted the director of issues management and uh, we'd been part of an email chain and, and I was almost in tears and I said, I'm sorry, I, I don't know what he's talking about. It was referring a the, <laughs> an email from a chief of staff and I said, I don't know what he's talking about. <laughs> and she laughed and she goes, honey, she goes, I've been at this for 10 years and I still don't know what he's talking about. So uh, <laughs> she definitely lightened the mood and she said to me, Jackie, just ask. Like nobody's gonna think less of you if you just ask. And I got very good at just asking like sure. I would stop meetings and say what are you people talking about because you forget and now i'm one of those people i speak in acronyms and i catch myself and it's just like stop to stop but uh yeah it's it's very different um even media even media who cover politics their whole lives i don't think actually really truly understand how this works and mm-hmm. what goes on behind the scenes um yeah i think that's that was a real eye-opener for me
3: so so most of your career uh within or around politics has been with the senate what's that like when the popular it is a popular belief in canada that there should be no senate it should be abandoned in canada because it doesn't function maybe like it does in the united states tell us why that's bullshit
5: So, first of all, it's a it's a feature, not a bug, that it doesn't Mm -hmm. work like the Senate in the United States, um, because the Senate does not typically it it doesn't hold up. It doesn't prevent uh, government legislation. at, At the end of the day, senators will send legislation back to the House of Commons with suggestions. But I mean, it's very rare that the Senate will just outright stop a government bill from passing right there may be some back and forth but i don't even remember the last time the senate actually stopped government legislation from passing so we don't get the log jams in our system that they have in the states so i think that's a good thing
1: sure Um, so what does it do Mm -hmm.
5: Well, it does give that that second set of eyes and it does raise the flag. I mean, if you look at the situation in Ontario and some of the things that uh, Doug Ford does or has done, I bet you a lot of Ontarians were wishing they had a a second chamber that could just pump the brakes a little bit and, and just raise a flag and go, hold on a second. Have you considered this? Have you considered that? Why don't you consider this? And, and that's what it does. And I think that's actually a wonderful thing. And a lot of people will talk about the Senate not being elected. Again, I think it's a feature, not a bug. Not being elected is is what gives senators their independence. It's not whether they belong to a mm. political party or not. Mm. They they get their they draw their independence from the fact that a party leader can't threaten to kick you know to to fire them or sure. kick them out of caucus. But, but right? again and give, this
1: isn't a, this isn't all about let's attack the Senate, but I mean a lot of people no, in the no. country think that you know being a senator is like the greatest pension you know that ever was and fact is you don't really get you know um nominated or, or put up to be a senator unless you've got some alliance to whatever party is putting you in there is that not right Well,
5: going going back to what i what we were saying mm-hmm. about uh when i was hired and me saying look if you go to work for a liberal you're a liberal uh it's the same yeah. thing with the senate if you're being appointed by a liberal government or a conservative government chances yeah. are you've shown yourself to be aligned with those same ideals and principles And that's okay. That's okay. There's absolutely nothing wrong with that. In life, we pick sides, right? That's what (laughs) we do as humans. We pick sides. That's okay. That's okay. Personally, I think the Senate really does have a valuable place in our system. I understand why people have the feelings on the Senate that they have. Not all senators are created equal, right? So you choose as a senator, what you want to be and and how much you want to be in it for the pension or in it to do good
3: work. I I think questions are raised sometimes like take someone like Frank Mahavlitch. It's it's he's appointed a senator and you think, really, what would his back? (laughs) Seriously, what would his background Mm -hmm. be? What would his experience be that he is now put in that position? I mean, ultimately, he might be a great senator. I don't know. But Mm -hmm. It's things like that where people go, yeah, was that just a stroke job or what's the deal here? You know,
5: Yeah. And you know what? That does happen. Right. Mm-hmm. Uh, I don't want to slam him in particular. I don't right. I don't know him, you know, long before my time at the Senate. Um, I can speak to other athletes that have been in the Senate, uh, you know, former Montreal Canadiens coach Jacques Demers. And he mm-hmm. brought a great perspective to it, you know, as as a former NHL coach. Um, he, you know, he brought that skill set to it. Um, but I, I also want to point out, and I know you guys aren't slamming just the Senate here. I'm, you know, I'm no. happy to talk about it. Questions? Um, yeah, I love it, which I love. Uh, I wish more people asked questions about it. But, um, you know, if you if you look at if, if anybody thinks that because partisan appointments, oh, it's not patronage appointments in the Senate anymore. Still happens. But also, the Senate's not the only place where there are patronage appointments in our system. So, you know, it it happens with the uh, diplomatic corps. So it it happens everywhere.
1: So is there a chance, Jackie? And again, knowing, you know, the uh, legacy of Humble and Fred, is there any opportunity (laughs) for you to put Humble and Fred up for some sweet Senate gig? Or can we be the ambassadors to a tiny, warm, insignificant country?
5: Listen, uh, if I could pull some strings for Senate appointments, I would be right on it. But uh, that ain't happening while Justin Trudeau is in office. All right. So, but I'll keep well, just in want,
1: mind. listen. It's uh, this isn't the focus of this interview, Jackie. But of course, I, <laughs> so on well, the back burners.
3: I, I, I could really dig that hundred k till I die. It's, it's, it's around hundred k, isn't it, or more? It's like,
5: now? No, it's closer now. I think it's like hundred and sixty five or one hundred oh, and seventy. Yeah. So what happens is MP when MP salaries go up. Senator yeah. salaries automatically go up. Well, so, right. um, mm-hmm. But I want to talk to you guys about one thing, because what? I heard you before I came on. Yes.
1: Mm-hmm. Well, we the got convoy lots of time, protest. my friend.
5: Okay. Okay. I do want to talk about the convoy protest, because yes. I live in Ottawa, yep. and I live just down the street from where this is all happening. So,
1: And we're going to get to that um, as soon okay. as we talk about the important work of appointing Humble and Fred to... <laughs>
5: sorry back to our appointments back, back to our appointment's. why is
1: there no radio senate why isn't there some place in radio where at, at the point you get to humble and fred status then you just go to some other station where you get paid 170 <laughs> just to show up every couple of weeks i'm um, with you i wanted to ask you before the convoy when you're working for the conservative government in any capacity or the liberal government are there Friendships across the aisle that we don't know about. Like, does Tim not? I can, like Tim Hudak or uh, Andrew Shearer. Somebody might see something that the opposition is doing and not completely hate everything just because they're doing it. Is there room in our society for that?
5: Absolutely. I mean, that happens more often than not. And that's actually very important. Uh, and it happens in different ways. Like I have friends who are liberals. I have one uh, former liberal that I keep in touch with. And, you know, we have text message exchanges and, and laugh about things that are going on in our own party. Yeah. Um, we also legislatively, uh, my boss, who I should say his name, it's Senator Leo Husakos. He's a he's a senator from Montreal. Um, He currently has what's called a private members bill that he has introduced in the Senate. And the bill calls for the government to develop a a national autism strategy framework. Um, And it's something that he's been very passionate about for many, many years. The Senate put out an extremely important report on this about 15 years ago. That bill will require uh, cooperation from all sides. There's nothing partisan about it. He has a Trudeau-appointed senator uh, who sits with the ISG, who's who's kind of you know picked picked up the cause with him. Uh, we had a Liberal MP last week, former Liberal MPP uh, Michael Cotu's office, reach out to us to say, "Hey, can we talk to you about this? We think this is great." Uh, So that actually happens quite a bit. And that's actually the most important thing with making our system work is you have to forge those relationships across the
3: aisle. Mm -hmm. Um, One more question before we get to the convoy. It's a complex question, but a short answer, not or a lot, maybe. Um, How much has social media changed politics in the past few years? Not much or a lot or like revolutionized it be in behavior.
5: I wouldn't say it revolutionized it. I think there's a lot of stuff that goes on that's always gone on. It's just, I think, um, magnified uh, because of social media. But I think it definitely I think I think with anything in life, social media has changed politics the way it has changed life in general. Um, even news coverage, right? I mean, I remember when I was still in radio and and Michael Jackson died and everybody was rushing, right, to be the first to report it, that nobody bothered to actually verify it. And I think that happens in life and in news coverage, and it for sure happens in politics. I think sometimes people get too caught up in it. Uh, I'm guilty of it. Some days I (laughs) shamefully spend my day on on Twitter. Mm -hmm. Um, It's interesting. Twitter is for (laughs) politics uh, Instagram is for entertainment. Like, it's funny, too, how the different platforms have their kind of different places, right? Yeah, right. Um, but, yeah, it's totally, it's completely changed. It's definitely changed the way we communicate and the issues management aspect of, of politics. Right. You
1: know, it's too it's simple, though, management. to say. It's too simple to say that social media has ruined everything. It's done what it is in every aspect of life. But what it's done in politics, I think, and this is going to tie into the convoy, Mm-hmm. is that it's given people like yesterday, it's given Canadians a chance to react to Aaron O'Toole being ousted in a way that in, a, in an earlier time, and, and I'm talking about in the time that we all knew each other on radio, that if you, if you didn't like that decision, you would have to type on a thing Christ. and send it <laughs> through the mail. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. What Twitter did and what social media does is it gives everyday human beings a chance to instantly express how they feel, which is what led us. Listen for it. Breaker, breaker, here we go, convoy. It's what led to this. I mean, basically people, you know, reaching out to one another across the country, say what you will, it could be a bunch of knuckleheads, but as I said to you, Freddie, a couple days ago, it's it's too easy to dismiss it all as just a bunch of uh, malcontents and idiots because of the Canadians across the country. That were running out sandwiches and supporting these people. They aren't the idiots and malcontents. They're just frustrated. But I can imagine uh, uh, yeah. living in Ottawa, the frustration is different than if you were just waving to people on their way by.
5: Yeah, look, I, I live in Ottawa. I live in a part of town. I'm I'm, right of it, I'm I'm not right in the middle of it, but I'm I'm like I'm just off the hill. Um I actually just bought a condo that's right in the middle of it because that's my old neighborhood and I want to move back, and I'm sitting here thinking. Oof, glad I, glad I haven't moved in yet, uh, but I'm close enough to to experience the impacts firsthand. And um, I can tell you that. Sorry, I'm getting feedback.
1: Oh, I'm sorry. That's just uh, C W. McCall. Oh, <laughs> And the the song "Convoy." Okay, um, okay. I just wanted to make sure. Okay, I'm trying me. to. I, I don't to, think you understand. Yeah. This is a professional outfit. Yes, yeah, okay. sorry,
5: sorry, sorry, sorry. I I heard it when you first played it. I didn't realize it hadn't faded out yet. <laughs> oh yeah, okay. So faded mm-hmm. so, uh, so going back to what I was saying, I live close enough to feel the impacts firsthand. I've had to walk through a couple times to go to appointments, whether it's my dentist, pharmacy, whatever. I see both sides. There's there's no place for a Nazi flag, Confederate flag. What happened at the Tomb of the Unknown Soldier literally hurt my heart. I walk by there all the time. I often walk over. I touch the Tomb of the Unknown Soldier. I often stop for a few minutes. I take pictures and I post them. It is honestly my favorite place in Ottawa. It's right Mm. outside my office. I love it. When I saw what happened there, it hurt my heart. But I also don't want to paints an entire movement and group of people with with a a broad brush and i will say i'm going to give these guys credit these guys and gals credit for trying to for lack of a better word police their own protest so every time something has happened like that they do try to respond and even a few days ago i walked up to two of them and i said okay I don't agree with extended barricades and, and blo- lockdowns and occupations. Never have and never will. So I don't agree with you guys staying here uh, in perpetuity. But okay, fine. You're here now. What is it you think the incessant horn blaring will accomplish for you other than actually turn allies into enemies?
3: Mm-hmm, mm-hmm.
1: And what was your:. response? I had-
5: Well, they showed me that morning, actually. Organizers had walked around and handed out a a notice saying, stop honking your horns between 8 p.m. and 8 a.m. So they responded to the complaints that they were hearing. So basically, they're just going to honk
1: their horn all day long? Is that the move? Well, they've
5: been been honking them all day long, but they were also doing it all night long. So what they've done now is they've stopped doing it after 8 p.m., and they don't start again until 8 a.m. So... Same thing with the Terry Fox statue. It was participants in the protests that went and cleaned it off. It was participants in the protests that went to the war memorial and and knelt in front of it and then stood guard to make sure nobody else desecrated that area. So I want to point that out, number one. I also want to say people are really piling on some of the conservative politicians that have gone out and spoken to truckers or gone out and posted pictures or have tweeted about it. You can go out and support the truckers and express your support for them. It doesn't mean you support the carrying of Nazi flags or you support the carrying of a Confederate flag or you support somebody desecrating the Tomb of the Unknown Soldier. I think there's too much right now of picking sides. I think you can sit back and understand and I and I heard you earlier I think you can sit back and understand the frustration and I really do think it's an underestimation of the anger and frustration that's being felt by people across this country and yes we can sit here and say most of the mandates they're upset about are provincial jurisdiction well sorry that you know truckers and blue-collar workers aren't necessarily the most sophisticated when it comes to understanding how our system works but you know what They're hardworking. They're mad. They're not just mad over the mandates. They're mad over the cost, you know, the rising cost of fuel. They're mad over the rising cost of food. And that's why other Canadians are also piling on. So I think we need to have a little understanding from all sides here and sit back and say, okay, what is really at the crux of this? Yeah. And I think it's okay to do that.
1: Well, I I said that earlier, before the trucker convoy, I was talking to Freddie a couple of weeks ago and said, you know, it's so easy to think that everyone that is anti mask and anti mandate are a bunch of knuckleheads. and, And, and why aren't they just more like us? But as you said, you know, there's a frustration. Listen, I've lived in Western Canada, half my life. If you're willing to get, if you're willing to drive across the country in winter, you know, it's yeah. not just about the truck mandate. I mean, maybe part of it started that way. But the problem with desecrating and all the honking is it doesn't win you any any fans.
5: You're so right. You're and it, so right. And it and, screws and, and your message. Uh, yeah. It absolutely does. And part of the problem here, too, is what you alluded to a, a minute ago is that... This was never organized uh, by one group, by like a union or like a BLM, where they organized it and then came here and it was one central message. A big part of the problem is that this was a grassroots movement, right? So you had different people who were just piling on and latching on to this. There hasn't been one central spokesperson. And you know what? To like Ezra Levant, I'm sorry, I need to vent this. Ezra Levant talks about being an independent journalist, and then he gets up on stage and addresses the protesters. Well, you're not independent, my friend. Mm-hmm. You're now making yourself part of the story. So yes. you yourself are yeah. what you rail against.
3: Yeah. But, but that's his deal. Yeah. Oh, like, I know. But
5: on. I just it really I works my soul. No,
3: he's just out, out to just get there. famous. He's, he's there for incitement to get yeah, his yeah. name to push rebel news. But the message thing, I, I totally agree with that. Because a big problem is the Freedom Rally. That's the biggest problem I have. Nobody's lost their freedom. Like, what's it got to do with freedom? Hey, gas, I get it. Food, we've talked about that on this show. It should the message should have been a little better because nobody's lost their freedom. Like over The 90% Freedom Rally of,
5: sounds good though. Yeah, I well, know. Yeah, but exactly. it's, calling it's like, it the
3: Freedom Convoy is catchy. Listen, yeah. you're free to yeah, you're free to not get the vaccine, and if you decide not to, then. Somebody else is free to handle you in any way they wish, so the whole freedom thing to me is a lot of is a lot of bullshit, so yeah, yeah, so you make great points it's like there's more to this than
1: freedom and, and one of the things Jackie said. I just want to address when you said that, you know, these people, they may not be so sophisticated. They don't know the difference between a provincial mandate, etc. But you can also understand the average Canadian isn't sophisticated enough to not equate a, a, Mm -hmm. a conservative politician supporting this. Right. Next to a bunch of, uh, of a swastikas, because as I said yeah. to, you know, as a Jewish yeah. person, it's always funny to me. It's like, you know, uh, we, we're we against mandates and Jews. You know, we always find a way. Yeah, yeah. We always Look, find I a think- way to stick the anti-Semitism in there. So mm-hmm. if, if you don't want, if you, so um, the same non-sophisticated Canadians won't, I'll tell you what, man, it's a, it's going to be a, a problem for the conservatives because you start equating your politicians mm-hmm. With that movement in the wrong yeah. circumstance, the average Canadian's going. Yeah. I don't, I don't oh, yeah. get it, man. I can't yeah, distinguish. I don't want to go there. Mm-hmm.
5: Yeah, look, I don't disagree with you. I want to say very quickly though. My, my thing about it is whether I agree with their message, messaging mm-hmm. or not. For me, is irrelevant. That's not the point. For me, it's you know, do I respect their right to come up here and protest? And I do. I Absolutely. don't expect. I don't. I don't respect them staying here indefinitely. Uh, but I will say this: a lot of the people that are involved up there. They're feeling disenfranchised and belittled. So I think the worst thing that our politicians can do is belittle them further and ignore them. And Mm -hmm. what Justin Trudeau has been doing is going out and as far as I'm concerned, adding fuel to the fire. He's not helping. He's Mm -hmm. the prime minister. He needs to be more prime ministerial, in my opinion. Okay,
1: but he's also not doing the there were good people on both sides speech, which is, you know.
5: Sure. But he you know what? Don't add fuel to the fire. You have these people camped out up on the hill. They're already feeling belittled. So your response to that is to go out and belittle them even further.
3: Although I I can never understand how um, screwing other people's livelihoods by blocking the streets and stores and everything helps the cause. Either <laughs> like exactly. just shutting seems, down malls and just businesses. It seems hypocritical. Yeah. Like we yeah, like we want to be yeah. free, but now we're preventing your freedom to go to work. Like the whole exactly. thing is I,
1: I agree. And, yeah. and what you said, and I totally agree because it's like you said, oh well now they're only honking from AP You know who's not honky today? Most other people aren't honking today while you're trying to do your job. Mm -hmm.
5: Yeah. But you know what? There's a lot of people across the country that uh, came out on overpasses and everything and and support them. I will say I I said that I respect I do. do, do I do see I've made the same point, Fred, that you made in that you're here protesting that you can't go to your job or that you mm-hmm. can't get to a medical or whatever. But you're keeping people from going mm-hmm. to their job. You're keeping people from going to get their prescriptions. You're yeah. I was one of those people. I couldn't get my prescription because my pharmacy is at the Rito Center Correct. currently closed. Yeah, cur- so closed. Listen, I totally get that.
1: Yeah, no. Yeah. And, and again, I, I've said this a couple of times now that I get there's something in this that is beyond what we understand sitting here in Toronto and even in Ottawa there's a a lot of people along that route that weren't directly involved but felt the frustration that we've all felt for the last 24 months yeah you know and I don't know maybe our we sucks cuz we just went along with it all but 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 it, the proof is in the science of it all we we needed to do what we did to help get us through it yeah, it's weird. I,
3: yeah. I, I would say into Howard, too, What what's come of this, especially in Ontario, is the flaws in our medical system, our capacity. Oh, my
5: God. Yes. No. no yes. And,
3: and again, we could go on forever. But the thing is, you know, I hate mandates. Howard hates mandates. I hate shut it out. I hate closures. But when you got to protect the uh, uh, the inadequate hospital system, you got to protect it. So you, we're screwed.
5: Yeah, but the hospital is supposed to protect us, not the other way around. So wow. if the hospital system is so fragile, exactly. Yes. Fix it. Get well, it. Yeah. it.
3: Absolutely. And then again and then that, that's that may a, be the good thing that comes
1: from. And, but that's also not a partisan thing. The only problem no. is we've become so partisan mm-hmm. because I, you know, listen, I've voted I have voted conservative more than I have voted liberal. But I have voted both. <sighs> I have. Don't make that face. Seriously, (laughs) I'm a capitalist. Look at me. Look at look at. I know. All I I want is money. I'm trying to get a Senate appointment, (laughs) but there is something. That's different with this. It's not just about the truckers being uh, wanking about the mandates and the vaccines going cross-border. There's something else going on here. The catch-all.
5: And, this this convoy is a catch-all yeah. for everybody's
2: frustration.
1: Everyone's frustration. But I can tell you, we're not yes. immune to this. This the, walking around with the Confederate flag might be the most bizarre thing. You're walking around with the flag of the people that lost, and oh by the way, they wanted slaves. So is that what you're? <laughs> right. Just because I I said to Fred, do they forget that they were on the side that lost, and the, and that they win was no no more slaves mm-hmm. so anyway yeah. jackie we got to go but if we have an excellent in our you were so good we would so love to have good. you back because will I you can come back will you I come love back
5: that. this this has been so much fun thank you so because much because now, so profe-
1: <laughs> now that we're more professional now i just keep wanting to now that you know <laughs> that we're more professional we really need to spend some time Away from the show, talking about the important issues like Senate appointments, yes, how yes. we can get the money we so richly deserve. <laughs> as can can you help us get at least not maybe the order of Canada? Can we get like uh, I don't know a can special you get mention? A Senate
5: medal. We gave out Senate medals uh, for the 150th. Maybe there are a couple of extras laying around. That Dude, that for you. We
1: just Jim? passed 10 years of podcasting.
3: Figure it out. Oh, and maybe I'm we do need to it. talk. Maybe we could talk about Crazy Unstable Morning Men, too. <laughs>
5: <laughs> Bye. Bye, guys. Jackie.
1: a uh, Button, a very good friend of this program. Back, so you'll, you'll be back so soon, you'll be like, what am I? Am I on the show now regularly? She's gone. Anyway, that was great. She's great.
3: Oh, fantastic. It, you know what? It was a lot different than I thought it was going to be. No, she's I thought like, she was you know a lot more hard line. See, that's... I'm glad she's inside the conservative party. I really am. Yeah, she's a bright woman.
1: Cool. I'll tell you who I, I want to say something right now. Gig Sky, guest of the day, uh, another uh, who just crushed it, as the kids like to say,
3: nailed it. Yes, Gig Sky, you know, yeah, you know, travel's opening up. Uh, Humble and I are going to travel. It's so rotten cold outside. A lot of people are going to be heading south, and if you are, you'll need a mobile data service to keep you connected while well, you're there. It's the easiest, most affordable and convenient way to stay connected internationally. Download the GigSky app and find out exactly what it can do for you. Pulling up directions, the coolest restaurant or bar, wherever you are, it's so good. Tomorrow, I'll be GigSkying Skying my way to Florida. I'm driving, and that will be my data for listening to, you know, all my online stuff. Fantastic. And uh, just a reminder, our guest today, Jackie Delaney, brought to you by GigSky, the only worldwide mobile data service with affordable rates in over 190 countries. Yes, download the app today, Android or iOS. Yeah, she
1: was great. Uh, Not only the GigSky guest of the day, but a chance for us to just pause and remind you. This program is brought to you by GoDaddy. That's right. GoDaddy is powering small business and entrepreneurs for over 25 years and servicing over 20 million customers around the planet. GoDaddy is where people come to get a domain, create a website, and everything else you need to get your business online. There's no better time than now, right now, to get your ideas out into the world. With GoDaddy, you can find your domain, easily create your website, and finally bring it to life. With GoDaddy's free and friendly 24 7 phone support, they're also here. to help you every step of the way. You can even start your website for free with GoDaddy. No credit cards even required. Visit GoDaddy.ca to learn more.
6: Yeah, I
1: I think we're going to... This movement or whatever convoy that started with the truckers and their issues... I think we're going to, it's not going to be going away anytime soon. I mean, again, I can't imagine what it's like living in in Ottawa right now. And as she said, you know, being disrupted. But it ain't going away. Um, We'll be talking about it, I'm sure, while we're away.
3: Yeah, the one thing you got to be impressed with, they didn't say, hey, let's do this, but let's wait till it's a little warmer.
1: That's what I'm saying. You know, you want to drive across Canada in January? Do you have any idea what that means? Yeah, it's a great idea, but let's yeah. go in May. You know, let's go to the. Let, hey, let's wait till the May 2 4, and then we'll mm-hmm. truck her. We'll, we'll put our tops down across Canada. Uh, we're waiting for Dan Duran. Also, Tim Daniels checking in from uh, Florence. Uh, there he is. Tim, uh, originally from Moose Jaw, lived mm-hmm. in uh, many years in Edmonton certainly tim can talk about what it would be like driving across canada in january now you know we're talking before the show about road trips in general i i i don't have i think the last the longest road trip i've ever done i drove to florida and back a couple of times but i i don't like it i don't like
3: i don't 10 hours in a car especially coming home going there you're a bit you know you're a bit pumped but coming home I remember it's we all, took yeah
1: we took the kids to Florida and this was a uh, 2006 the summer I got fired and we at that time the technology was so new ran my ex wife's mother our mo- the kids grandmother gave us a um, a DVD player like a little screen and like a right. and the kids just sat in the back and watching videos now of course the DVD thing is DVD or whatever the, is built into the car but right uh, Tim Daniels uh, in Florence uh, Italy today how are you brother. Can't hear you, pal. Oh, we wait a minute! Can't hear him. Can't hear him. Can't hear you. Your mic's not
6: on. I guess uh, there we go. <laughs> there you are. I, I, I toggled it about four times. <laughs> That's okay. <laughs> you think I get it right? But uh, we're just yeah, talking about
1: these truckers driving across Canada. You know, you got to admire the fact that they did it in January because it, it's all fun and games until you get to Saskatchewan and in uh, Manitoba
6: for <laughs> for a few days. Oh gosh, yeah, I, I remember those days well in <laughs> my, my old nineteen seventy two uh, Toyota Corolla. Oh yeah, bald tires and <laughs> and putting the cardboard across the front. Remember that? Oh yeah, dude, I remember.
1: I don't know if you've ever had. To, I remember. I was playing on a midget. Can you call them midgets? Okay, little people's hockey team. I was on this midget team, and we had a road road game to Wayburn, which is only ninety miles east southeast of Moose Jaw. Mm-hmm. And we were on the bus And I remember coming back in the middle of a snowstorm I was 14 or 15 And I'm like, I don't know if we're going to make it Because mm-hmm. when you're driving on those roads We're not talking about the Trans-Canada For a while there, you're on those Whatever those secondary highways are in the middle of Saskatchewan In yeah, the winter yeah, Exactly. Yeah. I, and I right. do, I remember thinking I think some of us aren't are, are going to make it
6: Yeah. Hey and Tim no uh, shoulders. You don't know Blowing snow mm-hmm. yeah. yeah, no yeah. thanks
3: I hate I hate winter driving. What were you Even gonna say mild. for him? Even mild winter driving, I don't like Timmy. Ah, uh, I know you obviously probably check in, in Canadian news on your own through Canadian sources. But is the convoy and the thing making any news on any level in Italy?
6: Even uh, in Italy, Italian news, no. Um, yeah. I do watch CNN International here, and mm-hmm. it's uh, it's it's popped up a few times on CNN. So mm-hmm. uh, so I I've I've been apprised of what's going on. Of
2: course right. no, my yeah.
6: family back in Canada as uh, we've all weighed in on uh, our, our thoughts on, mm-hmm. on the whole
1: thing. Well, I was thinking about you. I was thinking about you. I might have even mentioned you in a conversation Uh-oh. about, well, no, in, in terms of just the compliancy of Italy and Canada and how, for the most part, you know, um, everywhere when I was visiting you, everywhere we went, you have to show your green pass, the Italian version right. of the, the code, and, and, yeah. and just the idea that, you know, for the most part, the the, our populations italy and canada have gone along with mandates and restrictions but but there's frustration in canada you can feel it what about where you are
6: um there is but you know italy has been great historically at uh uh, apathy and, <laughs> and compliance, uh, and, and 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 yeah, and just you know having the the, the will beat out of them, and so <laughs> and they just kind of go along with the flow. And there, you know, there's very much that understanding here that um, you know the government is 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 front and center in your life all the time with everything that you do. So why wouldn't it have been in mm-hmm. in COVID <laughs> as well? So there. there there were small pockets of pushback here and there from time to time, but for the most part, you know, these Italians just kind of shrugged and went along with it. And, and uh, so,
3: where are you guys now? Are restrictions being lifted? Are you still what? Where are you at?
6: Yeah, no, not not yet. No, it's still you know full on masks everywhere, outdoors and indoors, and green passes. You, you know, so the. The route the government here decided to go was rather than telling people that you have to get vaccinated, and that's coming out now. Like for example, Austria, I think, was the first country yeah. here in Europe to say every adult must be double vaccinated. Period. No excuses. Um, Italy went a little bit different in a direction in that they said, "Nah, you don't have to get vaccinated." But you basically can't leave your home if you don't, because you can't go to the grocery exactly. store, or the movie theater, or the anywhere unless you're fully vaccinated. And they're fairly militant about you know making you show your vaccination certificate wherever you go. Yeah. Um, uh, and and so that's the way they've they've you know kind of. Uh, uh, kept um, uh, uh, people uh, where they wanted them to be in terms of the vaccination, um, but there, there just really hasn't been a whole lot of, of pushback. Now they just came out with some rules. Um, I'm going to say in the last month or so, where everybody over 60 must be vaccinated, and um, uh, and, and and they're going to roll that downward as well, mm-hmm. you know, to the 50 year olds and so on but it 's kind of a a race to the finish line, which happens first, everybody is mandated to get vaccinated, or everybody just gets the omicron right and, exactly right. well and, hey, speaking prayers.
1: speaking of which uh, a couple things you said, first of all, you sound much better than the last time you can sort of hear yes. the congestion mm-hmm. starting to uh, go away, but also yeah, you know yeah. you you made this point about. Why? Well, and Fred said it too. You don't have to get vaccinated, but then you basically you're sort of stuck, and yep. that's kind of the choice here in Canada. You you don't have to be vaccinated. No one's saying you do, but mm-hmm, life's yes. going to get pretty small for you. You know, I, I did something. I, I knew you were coming on today. Uh, I was at Shoppers yesterday getting some yep. supplies for my trip, and I wanted to uh, check my watch. And this yep. is a true story from the world of health gauge. So the uh, now that. I guess the for a while there during COVID, early times, that that cuff at shoppers wasn't working. But now it is, and I was there all day. <laughs> I, was, I was hogging it because I wanted to see what my blood pressure was against my watch. And you know what, kids? It was pretty close within a couple of points, which really impressed me. Because, you, you know, you think about it. this It's just a watch with all these... You know, uh, it's not this it's not a it's not a full blown, you know, cardio cuff. And yet the readings that it gave me were almost pers- exactly what that cuff said, which I thought was amazing.
6: And if so, were you measuring it against the watch or against the app on the phone?
1: No, against the watch. Why is it different okay. on the phone?
6: It is. And, and you know, this is something that I've been trying uh, subtly to get the point across to you (laughs) uh, on these shows is is that okay so on the watch um, the the technology is good and it's based on uh, on an algorithm and you get a reading that will bring you uh, reasonably close within, you know, a few mm-hmm. points of, of you know, the situation. You're okay. measuring on the blood pressure cuff. But when you add in the app on the phone okay, and measure it this way instead, now there's an extra element that comes into play on the phone app. That's where our artificial intelligence uh, software uh, comes in, and it it grabs not only the 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 basic information that watches or cuffs use uh, to to measure blood pressure, but it's using all your biosensor data, and, it, and, and 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 applies artificial intelligence to that to to then come out with. Uh, right. your your blood pressure reading and when you compare the two when you compare the reading from the watch and the reading that's generated through the app using the artificial intelligence there'll be a few points different mm. and it'll be closer to you know to what right. the uh okay the shoppers uh, well, you know
1: i'm gonna do that next time i'll, ch- I'll check it on my f- on my r- watch but i'll i never think you know it's funny you say that you always remind me of that i never think to go and sync it up on the on the phone f- App, but I'll just yeah. tell you, it was pretty close I mean, and very good too. I'm like 110 over 70 something. I'm like, Who are I?
6: Yeah, <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> good job, buddy. That's uh, that's where you want to be, it's right in that sweet spot. That's, that's
1: well, and again, I've had some issues with my uh heart the last time I was in the states a couple of years ago, and I just <laughs> it's nice to know, and it is sort of you know, give you a little bit of peace of mind knowing that. You know, I can see what my heart rate is. And in my case, yeah. to see what my blood pressure is, because if it gets Absolutely. going too fast, I know that yeah. maybe there's something with my electro, you know, whatever
6: your electrolytes.
1: Yeah. No, I just so I have this electrical problem with my heart. And uh, uh, I'd like to. I'm, and I'm. I I'm can be honest with you. I would like knowing what my blood pressure is. Absolutely. And now that you've reminded me again to put it to go look at the phone, um, I'll tell you right now the uh, promo is still in effect. It's humblefredhg fifteen percent at checkout. HealthGage.com is where you go. Uh, the next time all three of us talk, you'll be in Florence. Fred will be in Panama
3: City, and I'll be wow. in Palm Springs.
6: Fantastic modern technology. Wonderful
3: yeah although I'll be in uh, Panama city beach Florida not Panama City Panama
6: yeah uh, I was just gonna ask that I, I've spent a fair bit of time in both those locales yes you have uh, and, uh, yeah 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 and, uh, I know I know them well um, got to say I enjoy the the, the Panama, Panama, better than the Panama. <laughs> it's, but yes. my, it's probably yeah. a little warmer too. Listen, no, imagine that—that's that's, that. that's, that's, that's the Southern Florida snob coming out in me. Yeah, uh, that's right. We always look down on those those Northerners. So. Yeah. <laughs> well, how, yeah. Just quickly, you lived
1: in uh, Florida for what, like ten years?
6: Yeah, fifteen, I think. Look at
1: you! Like look at the life you've had. You know, Moose Jaw, Florida, nice. Florence.
6: But moose jaw still in the heart, you know. Just the other day, bringing up moose jaw, I I called bullshit on my. I'm sorry, can I say that? Yeah, on of me course me? you can. Yeah, yes. <laughs> right my now, brother. right now, you own the podcast. Say whatever the fuck yeah. you want. All <laughs> all right, I got it right. I, I, I'm the man. I my brother told me something. I just said absolutely not. And and, and as soon as I got off with of him, I said I got to check this because I have not. And he, do you know who? I'm sure you do. Being. Of course, both a moose jaw boy living in Canada and and living in the world of rock and roll. Sure. Have all your life, Howard. Who is the famous music icon? Burton Cummings. Yeah, he's living, in, living Moose in Moose Jaw. I know. When I, when I heard that, I just said impossible that <laughs> Burton Cummings, my my rock and roll hero, is living in Moose Jaw. Yeah, I, man, is, that's not
3: possible. It's got to be a witness uh, protection thing or something. No, no,
1: it's <laughs> funny. There was a story a couple <laughs> of years ago that apparently he was he was in he was suing somebody or he was compl-
6: somebody <laughs> was complaining about something. <laughs> Mm. that was it it was he's living next door to like a a, a fitness studio yeah and he was complaining about the loud music <laughs> no no, no it was a, a dance back. no dude it was it, a dance
1: I just, studio I just,
6: mm-hmm. I just had this image of this you know there's this, this aged rocker with his gray hair all hunched over in a cake pounding on the floor yeah. saying hey you young whippersnappers <laughs> turn that music down <laughs> yeah and it turns out it's the it's a guy
1: from the guess who Mm-hmm. Uh, listen, Put it man, this we gotta run.
3: Put it this way. He had no time for that. Ah, yeah, yeah. Yes,
1: Very good. There <laughs> you go. That's why. You're, you. That's why you're beloved. Thanks, Tim. <laughs> okay,
6: take no care, right man. Chance.
1: We'll talk good to you soon. Okay.
6: See you a couple it weeks easy. from now. Okay, cheers. Enjoy. It's
1: funny that Burton Cummings story. Um, thanks, Timmy. You know, I I just happened to i was on TikTok the other night, and I was like, wait a second, and it's Burton Cummings account. He's on TikTok. Wow. Burton Cummings, and and not very many people follow him, and not very many people are watching his videos, but what he does is he just does old Guess Who songs, and all you see are his hands on a keyboard. Mm, But at the same time, it is kind of cool. At the same time, he put out a few videos that basically talked about the history of the Guess Who and how they were the first Canadian band to have like a million-selling record. Like, it's pretty impressive. The history of that band and Burton Cummings himself, but very interesting. And there's a, there's a great clip from the, you'll love this reference. There's a great clip from the Dinah Shore show he put up and it's Mm. Dinah Shore, (laughs) Ray Charles and Burton Cummings on the panel. And at some point, Burton Cummings and Ray Charles break into a song together. Mm. Wow. And it's fantastic. Mm-hmm. But anyway, it's kind of cute that he's out there doing social media and, like, very few people are following him. Because I think a lot of the TikTokers wouldn't know who Burton Cummings was.
3: Do you remember uh, Dinah Shore speaking of her her unlikely relationship? Burton Cummings. I mean...
1: Um, uh, Burt Reynolds. Burt Reynolds. Yeah, Burton Cummings. No, no, no. <laughs> she had a three-way with
3: <laughs> Burt Reynolds and Burton Cummings. Yeah. It was sort of odd at the time because she was somewhat older than he was. Obviously. Yeah,
1: very, very much so. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's like when Dan uh, did that grandma for the first time. We were all excited.
3: Yeah, that one.
1: <laughs> that <was good. laughs> Dan, how many grandmas have you nailed? Well, he was. Uh, I'll tell you what. He was the first one. I don't know how many, but I remember when he did his first grandma. This was before it was cool. <laughs> She was very young looking. Well, yeah, but you said this was she was in her she was in her forties. You were in your thirties, or she was in her late forties,
0: mm. somewhere <laughs> in there. It was all it was all fun and games.
1: It sure,
3: was it was. was. Yeah, by the numbers, you could easily be a, a grandmother in your oh yeah your thirties, right? You yeah, kid at eighteen, grandkid at thirty. 30- well, she
1: wasn't more. She wasn't in her fifties. I just remember at the time it was very exciting to all of us that Dan Duran was doing a grandma. Now everyone's doing a grandma. <laughs> hey,
0: by the way, I wanted to uh, follow up from yesterday because uh, <clears throat> Fred's you know always on me for various things, and and the mail it in phone in, in thing yesterday. I did some research. So, mailing it in was more of a thing for newspaper reporters who didn't have a, a breaking story. So, they wow. mailed it as opposed to phoning it okay. in or whatever. So, the mailing it in thing sort of came came okay. from that as, you know, like, hey, you know, yeah. the person's not really performing very well. The phoning it in thing came more from, uh, what do you call it, the uh, the uh, Broadway or the the show kind of thing where they had a oh, role okay. so small you could just phone it in. Mm-hmm. So, okay. All and, right. and it came to mean the
1: same thing.
3: Oh fuck! Now I feel dirty. I'm sorry. Mm. I stand corrected.
1: <laughs> Where does the phrase "dog fucker" come from? Is that
3: <laughs> I'll research
1: that for the next show. I think that's what we're talking about. <laughs> <laughs> what are you dog same thing. You're right. Yeah. Oh, I got to turn my it's video on ledge, back on yeah. here. <laughs> thing here. Um, all right, yeah. Dan Duran. Uh, before we get to uh, today's news, because this has been a yes. bit of an issue, I uh, I want to talk about our friends at Doer. And you still have some uh, friends to yes. talk about too, don't you? Yes. All right. Well, a you get started. Of, a while couple I of our partners. Yeah. Well, you can you go first, and I'll talk about the fabulous uh, contest for pants and things.
3: Okay, Retirement Sherpa was on the show yesterday, and of course, you know, uh, RSP season, you know, it's February, March 1st is the deadline, you get the idea, you're going to purchase them this year, you better start thinking about it now, whether, you know, some people borrow money to pay uh, for RSP, some people just, you know, move money over, all those things have to be considered because the deadline is coming up, and it can work to your tax advantage figure out well uh the retirement sherpa was on yesterday and he explained so much of that and how he can play a part in that tim is a portfolio manager raymond james a member of the canadian investors protection fund retirementsherpa.ca
1: doer the world's most comfortable pants presents the world's most comfortable contest for valentine's day all you gotta do is use the phrase love pants go to our Facebook page, any of our social media, uh, you put it in the comments, you'll automatically be entered in a contest. Actually, today, Boone, if you're listening, let's grab somebody today so we can make the announcement. Uh, This is uh, the last chance to uh, qualify for the grand prize. It's really cool, actually. Enter as many times as you want. Don't forget to use the promo code uh, when you're buying pants at Doer.ca. Uh, you get 15% off at checkout using the promo code LOVEPANTS. And the grand prize, more pants, the fireside denims, the all-weather denims, a t-shirt, a toque, or a beanie if you want, and a scarf. Doer.ca. Enter the promo code LOVEPANTS at checkout for 15% off. Uh, Dan, did you ever work with uh, Jackie Delaney and all, uh, all your no, various... No, no, I
0: didn't, but that was a
1: really great interview. Thank you. Yeah, she's Good great. Chat. Yeah, yeah. Now I can see why you guys want to have her back. Yeah, she's very smart, very yeah. nice. Yes. Interesting. Although, you know, one of the things that I wanted to bring up about the protest that I, I never got to is somebody had tweeted yesterday. All I know is only white dudes would get away with closing malls and restaurants and small businesses and harassing people on the street and torturing people with honking and waving and spewing hateful racist shit and threatening people for five days that's only that's a white that's some white <laughs> that's, privilege right there yeah i think more so in uh the states i think i think i don't think it would have been i don't totally agree with that as it relates to canada
0: well there would have been a i think there was some comments uh, about the uh ottawa police force uh cracking down on other kinds of protests that involved people of color and that 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 it, they didn't treat the same thing the same way i guess the argument being that that with big huge friggin trucks in the middle of downtown uh, ottawa or wherever they are is a is a little bit more difficult to deal with so i suppose that could be a defense but but how long should this go on is the real question and how well, long i don't ling- know linger how they, long will they allow it to linger
3: Well, you know, and you get impatient and you think, okay, the RCMP, the Army, whatever. But they know they don't want confrontation, fists flying and all that stuff. So maybe the strategy is in minus 2025, they've pretty much got it figured at some point. These people are just going to go away.
1: Well, and and are the people that came from B.C., Alberta, uh, Western? Have they gone home? Don't they have to go home at some point? Mm hmm. One thing that I've I, I tried to find something more
0: about, but I haven't. But I think the police uh, said something about American uh, involvement. There's oh some, yeah, some of course, some people in, in America involved with the, with the organizing of the of the the truckers, and I don't know what that connection is or why police would be involved
1: with that. But that's kind of a, an interesting. You know, diversions no. There's some American. Experience. There's some stuff going on here, Dan. Uh, Toronto Mike is here a little bit early, but I thought I'd turn it on because he's just always like, "Oh, put me on. I I can s- do things. I'm funny. <laughs> I don't know why he has to. He's got I his own act. show. He's got nine shows a day. I just like
4: listening to Dan
1: live. Like I just like to observe. I All don't right. need to speak. Well, Dan, is Mike's presence going to intimidate you? No, no, it's fine. I'm sure he'll have an opinion of whatever I say too. <laughs> All right. Well, I just want you to know. I guess right. this, you know. I just I don't want this to be uh, any pressure on you. No I mean, pressure. it's one thing when you've got us too, but when you've got Canada's yeah. most prolific podcaster.
0: Yeah. Well, yeah. Don't maybe you should, maybe you're me. right. Maybe I should pick up my game a little bit.
1: Well, well not, it's too. You know I'm, what, Dan? It's too late.
0: I'm not going to phone this one in. <laughs> hey, this this is a final show then. Before uh, for before you're taking a week off, right?
1: Uh, yes we're off next yes, week Dad. and okay. uh we'll after today we will do another live show uh coming to you from remote locations when mike is it the what's our first show back 14th
4: yes yeah, the so one week off and then you're back on the monday but it's a 10 a.m eastern start for those who watch on facebook
1: oh and mikey did you hear me uh, say about picking a, a winner can you do that yep Okay, Maybe so well,
4: uh, Toronto Mike is here with so us. Say that again. The, valen- the Valentine's Day treat for Hundy Peas is that you're returning to live shows. And on that day, we will
1: uh, also... Um, actually, no, we'll do the contest for... Let, let, let me figure out the contest. But today, we'll have a winner for you in a second. But
4: first... Now, here's to a fella named Dan Duran, a hell of a guy with a hella big wang, the quintessential anchor man. his voice is nice and low. Huh. Dan Durand, the the man, comes. As for credentials, he has none. Can't tell a headline from his bum, but his voice is nice and low. Dan the the Anchorman's here. He's prone to falling off his
2: chair, but he's got a big wang, so he don't care, and his voice is nice and low.
0: My voice is nice and low.
1: Today, Dan Duran's news brought to you by the Chamber Plan. I think that's the one you've got left, right?
6: Yes, Howard. Fred
1: will have the details uh, after uh, Dan's uh, report, but first, with the news is that. Uh, yeah, Crosby, nah, nah. Stills, Crosby, Stills, Nash, and Young are back
0: together again. As objectors of Spotify. Neil Young pulled his music from the platform uh, due to Joe Rogan's questionable stance on COVID misinformation. And so I think this was yesterday. We support Neil and we agree with him that there are dangerous disinformation. There is uh, dangerous disinformation being aired on Spotify's Joe Rogan podcast. While we always value alternative points of view, knowing spreading disinformation during this global pandemic has dearly as deadly consequences. I should slow down on this. Well, it's just, I told you Boone.
1: Boone's intimidating.
0: You're right about that. I'm anyway, telling uh, you. They've joined. <laughs> uh, of course, you heard that Joni Mitchell uh, uh, pulled her music. There's that's the, right. uh, Aria. There's N- Nile Lofgren. There's uh, some podcasters, including Mary Trump. They pulled uh, their content as well. Uh, Spotify said that they'd be putting warning labels on questionable content. I don't think that's happened just yet. According to Eek, 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 Ek, ek, whatever the guy. Yeah, is, I know. EK. Sure, Spotify is Ek. Yeah. yeah, I don't uh, know. The stock dipped a whole bunch after this happened, and then it, recla- it regained. Yeah, so it last like week, Dan I said thing. to
1: Freddie, it dropped like two billion in value on uh, on this, and then I guess it's come back now. Right. <laughs> um, yes.
3: Well, Do no, we are, just, are, are, I was just
0: kind of? going to say that, that I think you guys said Joe Rogan's apology was adequate and kind of addressed the issues uh, last week. The only thing I take a little bit of an issue with that in that, I mean, he's, he's definitely on the questionable side oh, yeah. of, the, of this whole vaccine thing. And as far as balance goes, I mean, he's like, for example, in January, he opened a feed on Getter, which, you know, you know what Getter is? Yeah, it's, it's the a right wing Twitter, Twitter
1: like, Nazi Twitter.
0: Jason Miller,
1: a yeah, uh, yeah. Trump aide put together.
0: So Gargoyle. he went he, and he, he said, said, just in case shit over at Twitter gets even dumber, I'm
1: now here as well. Rejoice. Yeah, yeah. Was what he, By the way, speaking of yeah. Joe Rogan, he really didn't apologize. He, he sort of, I mean, I was sort of at the time with Fred saying, oh, it's kind of cool that he came out and, and addressed it. But he doesn't, he doesn't, if you listen to the whole thing, he never actually says, you know, I'm sorry for this. Um,
3: no, no, but again, you know, there's a fine line. Sometimes the line between opinion and um, false information gets blurred. You know what I mean? People are allowed to come on and give their opinions on the. You know on the pandemic and vaccines and stuff, and they 're entitled to that and i Joe Rogan did a lot of that, his opinion yeah. but when you have guys on giving information and spinning it as fact that 's when the problem and i th- and he did acknowledge that in my in my estimate
1: okay, but remember i 've something that Jackie said today that really stuck with me, which was. The average person isn't sophisticated enough. You know, her point was in Canada, a trucker isn't supposed to know if something is a municipal or a provincial or a federal issue. Mm -hmm. The average person listening to Joe Rogan isn't making that distinction. They're just listening to him and they're like, yeah, whenever Joe says UFC power, you know, it's just so they don't they're not getting the nuance of this is just opinion. This isn't fact.
3: No, no, no. But that, that's why I sort of agreed with his response, that I'm going to have to have people on to balance this. Because for what you just said, Howard, people yeah, don't understand it all the time. Yeah. He
0: had that Malone guy on. Yeah, and yeah. from the parts that I listen, I listen to the whole thing. It's ours. But 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 it's but the things that he said he didn't really push back much on. Mm-hmm. He also has uh, Dr. Sanjay Gupta on, mm-hmm. who spent hours on his show trying to convince him that there was, you know, that to right. change his viewpoint. And there he did the same kind He pushed back And he also did the You know the uh, Tucker Carlson kind of Well I'm just saying You know Mm -hmm. he does that a lot Yeah I know Sort of kind of Couching it in And uh, you can't quite nail it down. I think, uh, you know, probably, uh, you know, all that. Listen, yeah, I'm
3: far from a fan. I think he says a lot of stupid stuff. And I think he's given uh, credit for intelligence maybe that he shouldn't. But, yeah, but know you know,
6: what? Uh,
1: 11 million people well, listen to that thing that every day. Right and so right away you've got some credibility. Yeah. But I don't yeah. think that yeah. they're nuanced. There's nothing nuanced in their support. They just think Joe's the man. Yeah. Uh, yes, Daniel. Well, I was just going to say
0: that I think there's a couple of things. One is that when a threshold of uh, viewership or listenership is on your platform, you have to pay a little more attention. Like if five people are, you know, listening to a podcast about this, well, you know, okay, whatever. But when you get to the, a th- certain threshold, you have to pay more attention to content. I agree. So, there's
1: a responsibility. Mm-hmm.
0: Spotify is more like a TV know. or radio station, right? Mm-hmm. And they're paying this guy 100 million bucks to be on their platform you think they'd say you know joe you got to back off on this a little bit it's affecting you know a lot of other parts of our our business model here and we are paying you so please you know here let's figure out some
1: guidelines and be a little bit less well i I think that's what they're doing now i mean because i'll tell you what they didn't they're they side they're siding with joe rogan and the reason they are is because 11 million people each episode makes them a lot of money oh i get that but it's also going to like you know there's going to be this pushback and there's going
0: there there uh yeah now there's this opinion of spotify that's starting to to grow that they may not be an ethical platform right
3: um, you know what that like does that is that going to affect my interest in accessing every fucking album that's ever been recorded no like joe rogan's over here
1: it may not you and yeah. I and I was thinking about that this morning because I mm-hmm. I was I ed, I'm, I'm going to play something I edited mm-hmm. edited did. Dan you'll be quite impressed <laughs> but I was I was thinking that as I was editing this piece of music I'm going to play at the end of the show um thinking I will I is my disgust at mm-hmm. Joe Rogan going to get in the way of how great my playlists are <laughs> you know what I mean like when mm-hmm. when I when I put on the Spotify for You playlist it makes me feel good.
3: Mm-hmm. But some people are other people. I know some people are. (laughs) All right. Um, But it gets back to one of these original points, you know, Howard, you were talking about Jackie, that people aren't sophisticated enough. Most people just want to hear their tunes, baby. That's right. They don't give a shit what Joe Rogan has to say. That's true. I've never
1: accessed the Joe Rogan podcast through spotify uh,
3: i don't have the i don't even have the energy to go there for his podcast i just don't listen That's if like i'm going to listen to a
1: four-hour podcast it's going to be Boone talking to one two five yeah. six whatever
4: yeah. <laughs> <laughs> i'm going <gonna, laughs> <this, laughs> whenever one two three four five comes on he's over this afternoon, two o'clock. And he won't well, do he one... it at three hours with twelve thirty six. What is it again? Pizza 36. Fridays
3: or something? Pizza Fridays?
4: Come on. Don't do that. That's
1: what? that's not fair. Fred, you know that
4: pandemic on. Fridays are now toast. Right. Obviously. All oh, right. Okay.
1: I know that because I support. I don't I don't break down. Um Dan, do you have any more do you have any more stories or can we get you know, to uh, the thing with the bone? Let's get to the thing with the thing. Yeah. All right. I want yeah. to talk a little bit about podcasting because you know we've you know, we've been doing this for a long time, but can't figure what that is yet. Uh, Toronto Mike is here, the producer of the uh, Humble and Fred show. Uh, his real job, though, is a um, he's the uh, when is the, so you're going to go on. Is it Jill Deacon? I saw that you're going to be yeah. on Jill Deacon when episode
4: 1000 drops, which I'm is gonna... when. Uh well when I like right after I drop episode nine hundred and ninety nine I know when is that people want to know I'm not humbling Fred with a structure like that so it'll be a couple of weeks so I just have today with Mark Weisblatt it's uh, episode nine ninety three Wow
3: man so
4: So we're getting there uh I'm gonna be on here and now which is the afternoon drive show on CBC Radio One I think at five twenty but the day will depend on what day episode one thousand drops I,
1: I remember Jill Deacon quite fondly. Uh, I was on her show when she had a television show. I did a couple of appearances. And I can't remember why, but I always remember her quite fondly. And then I had, was reminded when I saw your tweet about it, that she had transitioned to radio some time ago.
4: Well, yeah, mm-hmm. a long time ago, yeah. to be honest. It's uh, been over, I don't know, almost a decade. I yeah, think, yeah. But, uh, but I, and I think she's a good broadcaster. Uh, and I look. Yeah, she's she's a nice lady yeah, and a yeah. uh, good broadcaster, and she's had some serious health struggles. So oh, have Nice all. to hear her on. <laughs> 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 oh, haven't we like all? Two battles with breast cancer. Like, come on, <laughs> Fred. It's.
3: It, 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 I <laughs> know not to make light. Fred, don't don't Fred you've cancer. had
1: you had your battles with breast issues. Come on, man. Mm-hmm. Yes, I did. It wasn't cancer. <laughs> no, it was just flab. <laughs> I was afraid I had nut cancer. <laughs> <laughs> <And> that's right. <laughs> <laughs> oh, it's funny.
3: Hey, and why is she having you on? Just because it's the 1,000th uh, thing? Yeah, yes. It's yes, uh, cool. The producer man.
4: reached out and said, uh, That's
3: fantastic.
4: Commemorate number 1,000. Yeah. yeah. We couldn't mm. We couldn't
1: get on your show to commemorate our 10th anniversary. <laughs> um, it's so funny, yeah, because my health issue, uh, Rachel's now started calling me Hoob's Tingleweenie. <laughs> 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 because Because I've got a, a burning dink.
4: Bird That's is better than her, her her old nickname for you, which was Hoob's uh, tiny weenie. That's right. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I've got a. Burning, are you? Are
1: you? i got uh, like, a burning pee hole.
0: Are you fit for travel with that? I am fit for travel, Dan. <laughs> Isn't there going to be some air issues, airplane issues? God, I hope not. I really do. He's going to be
3: on the airplane going, excuse me, excuse me, can I have a cup of ice to put my cock in, please? That's what he's going to be saying, right?
1: Yeah, that's what I'm going to say. Excuse me, excuse me. Why are you talking like that? I don't know, but excuse me. Can I have a nice cup for for, my dink? Because my dink's on fire. Mm -hmm. Is the Chambers
0: (laughs) plan going to have to pay for you going to the hospital again? You know what? I'll tell
1: you what. If I had to go to the hospital again in America, which I've done the last time I was in America. Uh, I was covered by the Chamber Plan. Freddie?
3: Yes, Chambers of Commerce Group Insurance Plan. I will be covered as of tomorrow as I depart this wonderful country. It's Canada's number one group benefits plan for small business. Chambers Plan is a, well, yeah, it's the leading group benefit plan for small business in Canada. You can get a free quote today. Go to chamberplan.ca. And we mentioned travel insurance. Yeah, just one of the elements of this fantastic system where small business gets together, has the image of a big business, and then all of a sudden all these products are available to you, be it prescriptions and dental. Yes, travel. I'll say it again. Travel. The teledoc system. And, you know, they can walk you through anything to there to answer any questions so you know exactly where you stand with everything. Okay? Chambers Plan. It's the Chamber's Plan. Go to chamberplan.ca today. Get a free quote.
1: As uh, often happens, um, Toronto Mike will show up on our show on Thursdays to talk about what's happening on the next week's shows. But we're not on next week. But so, and also, you sometimes bring little clips of audio and surprise okay. us with, with these things.
4: Now, there's an infamous episode of... I think Hundy Peas are going to love this. There's an infamous episode of Humble and Fred that we just need to drill into here. And it just so happens last Thursday, I was on uh, with you guys. I get to come on every Thursday. I know there's some producers that were on, you know, every minute of every episode, but I'm lucky I get to jump on Thursday. Yeah, some
1: producers, some producers and then there was others that just stared into the abyss for hours
4: on end. <laughs> Shout out to you know who. Okay, <laughs> so I uh, was with you, and then I had a knock at the door, and it was Tom Wilson from Junkhouse, and yeah, Tom man. was here for a great episode. This is last Thursday, and I'm going to play a short clip, and then we got to talk about this infamous episode of Humble and Fred. I produce Humble and Fred show, and I was on with them this morning. I like those guys;
2: those are great guys.
4: Would you do? Uh, would you do a Zoom hit on Humble and Fred one morning? Sure. Why? Why can't I just come in? Oh, because they aren't—they aren't doing that right now. You know that Humble and you Fred. Know. <laughs> you know what
2: Humble and Fred? I just, uh, now we're really ADDing. No, Humble and I Fred. We were at the the first time Blackie and the Rodeo Kings played Massey Hall. The okay. morning of the Massey Hall show, yeah. they said, "Well, you got go to go do this Humble and Fred show." And it's like, "Well, listen, this is a big day. You know, we've never played Massey Hall like this. We've got to sound check and the crews loading in, and we want to. We actually want to experience Massey Hall." Being ours for every second of the day that we can. They say, well, you gotta go do this Humble and Fred show. It's like, okay. We'll go. We get in the car. It's out yeah. here. We had, we came out here to Etobicoke somewhere, right? We're out doing Humble and Fred uh, at the time. And uh, they have us in, and they're really great guys. And I've been listening to them, you know, hearing them on the airwaves for years. Sure. And sure enough, uh, we said, hey, that was great. Thanks a lot. Everyone's just going to be playing. It's going to be airing. It's going to be airing later this afternoon. I said, that's great because we got our show tonight at Massey Hall. We leave, and then we get a call from the publicist about four hours later saying, <laughs> Humble and Fred forgot to record the end of line. Okay, so <laughs> You were not on the scene no, no, at that no, time. No, I,
4: I was not the producer at that time. Yeah. Uh, so
2: even though, wow. even though listen, in my uh Wow my instincts are that I should should really hate Humble and Fred, I love Humble and Fred. <laughs> yeah, a lot of people are like that.
1: They think they should hate us. I remember I forget, I forget that one. Yeah. Mm. That was the one time. That was really early on, Booner. And yeah. what happened was I didn't hit record, and after that episode, Dan, you'll be happy to know, then we had a backup recorder. Because up to that point, we only had one way to record it.
3: I remember we, well, remember we had former radio exec Steve Couchin, and that whole show wasn't recorded either. <laughs> but he came back. Mm-hmm. Was that the same show? Because this only happened once, right? Yeah, oh, maybe know. it was. It might maybe have
4: been it was the, the same, same show.
1: Because I, yeah. I know... I know... I don't know much, but I know it only happened the one time, I think. Yeah. But then I'm yeah.
4: so, Firstly, I love the fact Tom was, like, ready to, like, show up on uh, the Queen's Way there. He wants to come in there and uh, chat you up. I said, we got to Zoom this thing. But... Uh, so, is he ex- booked? go. Yeah, I'm going to... Of course he's coming in town. Right. That was the whole idea to see if he would do it. That's I I recruit a lot of your guests by no, having them too. sit right
3: here. And I'm like, no, would you
4: do a Humble and Fred appearance? And yeah, just, which is nice. Humble, I appreciate it. The
3: Humble, and, the Humble and Fred studio on the Queensway is just really going to become a, a, a historic um, Toronto landmark. That's right. Yeah. Be, well, there, there will be guided tours at <laughs> sure. 10 and 2 every day. Yeah, you know when that'll happen? We appreciate the history. Yeah.
1: yeah, that'll happen when we get a Senate appointment
4: you know we talked about it but that building that you know so blackie and the rodeo king is kind of big deal steven fearing uh these three guys are are great colin linden and then tom wilson and they're having their first massey hall show and it sounds like this was a big deal they went to 30th street i think they performed they talked you up they were really jazzed about this now they're going to go to massey hall and soak that in that's amazing and then to get that call that oh they didn't (laughs) record it like (laughs) you had these guys playing live oh yeah it was a great episode (laughs)
1: <laughs> we just all sat there like we're doing a show in our parents' fucking basement. Mm-hmm.
4: Well, but how do you, you enjoy- deliver that news? Like, yeah. I just wonder, like, I what's that remember. moment like in your stomach when you realize you don't have it? That, that was, was my that. fault. Hey, hey, we enjoyed it. Isn't that all that matters? <laughs> <laughs> That's right.
1: Um, well, what is, what uh, do you want? You don't listen. Don't tell everybody what's going to be on the
4: 14th like they're going to remember. Well, Let's go. Okay. A little bit. Unless, okay. Unless, 10, okay, 10. Go, 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 go. All right, just a few because, you know, something's been moved around but uh noel Kassler will join us again remember everybody this all starts on valentine's day and it's going to be a 10 a.m start yeah. eastern for you uh facebook viewers so don't come at seven o'clock you'll sit there for three hours okay yeah so uh jeff lumby has his monthly on the Tuesday and uh we did a little moving around on the thursday uh i believe uh dan trans our gig sky guest of the day that guest of the day that day but on the on the thursday sorry it's bill brio for his monthly so we have great guests it's going to be exciting to hear what's going on with you guys in the united states of america but next week no live shows this is all the 14th of feb that week we're live at 10 a.m why did you Go ahead.
0: i was if i recall didn't didn't Hummel and Fred do a Valentine's Day broadcast, uh, podcast, orig- like when of the first yeah, two? Yeah, a yeah, podcast of the the love. Ones. I still yeah, have yeah. it. Yeah. Yeah. I, I think, was, was it at
4: Pro- Proud FM? Or was that at Dan's did, house? I, Dan, are you asking because
1: we should run it? I think we should run it. That would be something else. Oh, yeah. We should That'd put that out. Idea, maybe yeah. not on the 14th, but we should put it out maybe that week on the yeah,
3: Friday. You oh. could... Put it out on the fourteenth, the regular show, and that together, double Maybe shot? Better, yeah. Well, if there's, gonna be, if there's going to be best ofs, why don't we just air it on the, the
4: Thursday before Valentine's Day uh, as a best of with a new new sponsor shout out? Sure, do it okay. up. Well,
1: I was I'll, before sponsors, right? Yeah, we didn't have sponsors will, in those days. We just had. I'll do we, this, no do uh, this magic have, editing. All those yet. shows were brought to you by Desperation.
4: <laughs> Actually, truth be known, Dan knows they were brought to you by uh, Gourmet Safari, as I recall. Were they really? was Gourmet Safari our first sponsor. Isn't that funny?
1: Um, Anyway, thanks to uh, Jackie Budden uh, slash Delaney. Thanks to everyone that uh, has been supporting us. Uh, The next time you hear our program... Now, Dan, did you hear the edit? No, you didn't. No, I didn't. It was a good edit. I I took the intro and slammed it right up against the chorus, just like you taught me back all those years ago in Moose Jaw when you was my boss. (laughs) Those were the days. I really liked those days. I bet you didn't. You just yell at me all the time. Every every Joe job I had, I gave to you. Yes, you did This is why I've tortured you ever since. Yeah. Uh, Living in America. That's where we'll be for the next month. And uh, I know the hypocrisy tour begins.
4: But before you go, there's another big doer Pants winner. Yes, winner, winner. Who are they? Michael? Are you ready to find out? Now, uh, last week's winner was a good fellow named Gord. Yes. This week, I don't know if he's a good fellow or not, but his name is Todd D. Taylor. Todd D. Taylor. I'll be uh, messaging you on Facebook to find out more info, but that's our big winner this week. Right on, that's man. Old to-
3: that's old Toddy Taylor. Oh, yeah, he's a oh, good guy. Oh, yeah, he's a good guy, a good eh? God.
4: Toddy Taylor. Toddy Taylor's
1: a good guy. <laughs> is he living in America? <laughs> Woo! all right we are uh okay well uh, travel safely friedrich mike dan Uh, we'll see you guys uh next time we're on this zoom meeting together I'll be in California. Fred will be in Florida. You guys will be here. It's going to be fantastic. Toronto Mike, uh, don't forget him. And, of course, Dan Duran for all your Dan Duran needs. Dan. Mm-hmm.
0: This episode of Humble and Fred was brought to you by Gig Sky, the Retirement Sherpa, the Chambers Plan, Bodog, healthcage Canna Cabana, Doer, and our newest sponsor, GoDaddy, powering small business and entrepreneurs for over 25 years and servicing over 20 million customers worldwide. For Rambling friend. I I'm it's
2: Dan.
0: I'm Dan <laughs> I'm Dendera- i Dendera- Dendera- drinking already. <laughs> I'm on holidays.
4: Jamboree
3: handouts, two turntables and a microphone, bottles and cans, or just clap your hands, or just clap your hands. Where's that?